This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 38.1. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my very enthusiastic yeah. and very, uh, 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 look at the look on his face. He has so much energy, mm-hmm. so much vibrance. This man that I'm speaking of is mm-hmm. Adam Jetpack Tetris. Doesn't it just feel like we've been here before? It feel like deja vu. This is deja vu. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Environment is so familiar. Yeah, it seems like we've done this before, except <sighs> with a slight variation. How are you feeling, Adam? Uh, we have done this before. Seems how, like the en- our energy is not matched right now. I feel I feel good. Look, I feel good. I feel <laughs> I feel good and I feel right. Uh, I did not feel that way when I discovered that the audio of, of this episode was eaten alive. Yeah. Not, not, it was, it did not consent to that treatment. Yeah, that's true. It was true. chewed up and spit out mm-hmm. by audacity. Yeah. And that will be the last time you hear me say that name. I'm done with you. Wow. You know who you are. Wow. Free software. Wow. I got what I paid for. You got what you paid for. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yes, I mean, uh, here we are, man. This, we knew we would, it was going to happen at some point in time. Yeah, I mean, we've here done we 40 plus episodes, including one shots all this time. It's yeah. a matter of time before, you know, we had a good run. We got lucky. Um, okay? Yeah, so we got lucky. And here we are. We we we're gonna have to figure out how we just say it again. Easy. Yeah? Easy. You you just have a a breeze with this. Yeah. We've done forty seven episodes of Comic Book Junto Mike. All different. We've all actually, new, all new, all different. We've actually done more than that if you count the first yeah. ones that were trash that we took <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's but true. Uh, we've we've done fifty plus episodes of Comic Book Junto, forty seven actually on our SoundCloud page and on iTunes. Yeah. So I mean, and we and imagine how many com- conversations we actually had over the years. Yeah, so a lot, and we're yeah. calling this one a point one because Marvel was pulling that not too long ago. They were calling some of their comics point one, and it was sort of like an interstitial thing, like between issues, and it was also supposed to be a really good jumping on point. If you haven't listened to the show before, I find this to be a good jumping on point because this will be the most practiced. Keeping it real. This is the most practiced comic book Junto we will ever deliver. It's it's going to be... Because we done did it once. The same nonsense. And we done doing it twice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's going to be fine. But yeah, uh, I'm excited to be here. Once again, this is always fun. Uh Excited to have you guys here. Just so you know, this podcast is 
a product of bear fruit. You can uh, we messed about- this one up last time. We yeah. got to redo. See, we got see this. This is what happens. You we get a second redo. chance. You can That's do it true. better. Um, you can learn more about bear fruit by going to bearfruit.com. That's b three a r f r u i t dot com. Signing up for the newsletter, checking out the store, buying some stuff, um, and you can follow Bear Fruit on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all using the same handle at b three a r f r u i t. Adam, yeah. what's your Twitter information and, and, and all that stuff? Uh, you want to tweet you along? Yeah, yeah. If you want to tweet along with us, and and this is your jump on point, then you can find me online at Adam Tetris, A D A M T E T E R U S. And as you were listening, I mean, you could just you tweet along. You do like a, a live tweet situation, even yeah. though it's not live. Yeah. Right? And tell people what you think. Put in the time code. Mm-hmm. You know? Send them back here. You can do... SoundCloud lets you embed a URL with the time code. Yeah. And you can also, on SoundCloud, you can actually put messages at the exact point. Yeah. In the in the episode where you can oh comment. Oh, my God. You know what? I really want people to start doing that. I, mean, like, I would love is, that. Hey, this part is fire. Get ready. Get ready. Here it comes. Dang. Yeah. And or that, that'll be for every guys time are, you we guys mention Kevin Hart or Man Man. Right. They're like, stop it. Stop mentioning <laughs> yeah, Man Man. And who is Simba Sparks? Yeah, if you add some footnotes, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. So if you want to follow me um, on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and tweet along with the episode, um, at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. We are happy that you're here. This is going to be a good one. This is it. All right. So the how's most, it been since we last spoke? How's it been? Okay. we 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 have... 24 hours and some change of new stuff. Yes. So we have a few new stories. Y'all don't know that. We're just we're just kind of like parting the kimono here. Mm, we, wow. We're showing parting you. the kimono. That seemed really intimate just now. <laughs> I'm saying. Like, this, just the is, verbiage was like, my gosh, I don't know if that's something. That, that is... That is a phrase that I'm borrowing from uh, from the brothers McElroy from another p- uh, podcast. Okay, but when they say that they're doing like a little uh, behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. they say they're part in the kimono that has found its way into my vernacular. So that's what's happening right now. You don't know if this is new news. Y- y'all don't know listening right now, right? But you know what? I do. Yeah, and it's new. It's okay. So we got some new news. New news. Let's get into it. Uh, and uh, we, do we want to begin there? Or we just rehash. I, look, man, I'm going for it. So right. let's start. Y'all hear about that Apple iPhone? How do you feel about it? I feel like I've been talking about it, <laughs> heard about it. Uh, iPhone 7 is is coming out. iPhone 7. So the Apple event happened um, a couple days ago, and I watched the old the entire thing. I watched it live. Yeah. They announced the new Apple Watch, Apple Watch what is it again? Apple Watch two series two series two series two. They talked about um, Apple uh, Watch iOS series three or something like that. Yeah. iOS ten. Um, they have a partnership with uh, Nike in the Apple Watch. They have a special one that's coming out. They have some Nintendo Johns coming. Yeah, that's big. Water resistant, and the new iPhone is going to be big as well. All right, here's the biggest news: it comes in black, and Space it comes in black. Yeah. You got two blacks going. Yes. I like this. I like that. Which one are you going to get? Well, first of all, are you going to get one? I would like to get one. I'm not ready. Like, look, just for the sake of uh, uh, radio drama and being mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm thrilled. I love it. Mm-hmm. But in, in the real life, I, mean, I just broke my phone and replaced it. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah. You, you don't have an upgrade? Dang. I'm, I have that program where you can upgrade anytime. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like I'm just being gaslighted by the company where they're like, yeah, you can upgrade any old time you want to. 
It, it's fine. It's fine with us. Mm-hmm. But it's probably just that I don't understand my contract and they're just <laughs> billing me like, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, do just whatever uh, you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's On fine. It's, it's good. What's your social security number real quick? You yeah. just let me know that. And, uh, yeah, okay. And what's your uh, bank account number? I got that special deal where I told uh, the, the Verizon customer service person my social security number and whether I'm susceptible to any diseases. Okay. I gave him a copy of my driver's license. This is a special deal they told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special deal. I can have whatever I want as long as I trade him my identity. That's interesting. I don't think that you were speaking to someone from Verizon. Oh, no? Uh, It doesn't sound like it. I don't think that anyone I've ever spoken to from any wireless company has ever asked me for my identity. Well, then this part of the podcast is dedicated to Greg. How are you going to do me like that, Greg? I trusted you. You might want to talk to Greg and get some clarity here. All right. Young Metro don't trust you, and you know how it happens. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know what happens now. Yeah, so be be careful out there, Greg. Shoot. Uh, Metro, uh, uh, excuse me. Actually, Future is looking for you. Future is looking for you. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You're going to get the iPhone 7? I am getting the iPhone 7. I'm considering the 7 Plus. I've never been the Plus guy this whole time. I've never been that. Tablet. But, um, yeah. I hate saying that word. Uh, I don't know that that's a word. I think it's something you just made up. <laughs> no, I promise you. I did not make that up. I will not take credit for that. Fablet? Fablet. Phone and tablet? The phone tablet. Fablet. Ugh. Sounds like you're calling someone some sort of slur. You fablet? Yo, what you doing, you fablet? Nobody asked. Nobody likes you. I don't even like saying it with that intonation. Yeah, it does. I don't like that. Man. Sorry. Ugh. Yeah. But for all those people who say, like, I love CBJ. Because you never have any doo-doo words. There Appreciate you go. that. There's that. I'm sorry that we said fablet so many times. I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry. You can look forward to it to be a part of the Comfort Junto vernacular now. When we do the CBJ glossary, because that is coming. Fablet's going to be in there. Fablet's going to be in there, and the definition for that one's going to be a, a series of question marks, and then it's just going to say, <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> right. We don't know what that means. Don't you just, dare say this word. don't say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, are you, are oh, you thinking about getting the 7 Plus? Yes, I am. Also, real quick, totally off topic. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, uh-huh. but I'm doing it. I am working on Comic Book Junto merch. Yeah. There is progress happening. Uh-huh. I have seen your tweets. I'm trying to make sure that it's good. Um, I've got an artist that I'm working with. Very excited about what we're going to make. Um, got some ideas. I've been mm-hmm. hearing you guys' feedback. So there is stuff coming, Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't have me make this stuff and y'all be like, oh, we were, we were just tweeting. Oh, yeah. yeah you you got to... We got to find some commitment basis here. Yeah. You, get, you buy your ticket at the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't have me out here looking crazy. Yeah. Or I show up at the front door. What she, do we, maybe we do pre-orders. We take pre-orders. You know what? When's the iPhone 7 come out? Let's, let's right. try to rival that. <laughs> right. Let's try to rival that. Let's see if we can get more pre-orders than the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. Uh, yeah, but there's stuff coming. That's uh, exciting. And I, and I am getting the iPhone. Uh, I think I'm going to get the Plus. The reason why is because of the camera. Yeah. Like two cameras. The two cameras. um, And just because I want to be able to make the most of my money, Mm -hmm. like if I'm going to need a phone, I'm going to basically need a computer in my pocket, right? Which is what an iPhone is. Mm -hmm. Apps and all that kind of stuff. But I also want to start doing video and YouTube stuff for Comic Book Junto. Yeah. And then we want to do Facebook Live. We want to do YouTube Live. We want to do Periscope. We want to actually film it. We want to put clips up on YouTube and all that. So when you have a limited budget, it's like, well... Consolidate expenses, yeah. try to get it all in one. Yeah, let me try to get it because we're going to have to expand over time, but we want to get up on YouTube ASAP as fast as possible. Yeah. So we'd rather, I'd rather start with something. So I think that's a good way to begin. So I'm going to dig into that. I was already looking at accessories today, like, you know, the different little things. Like, it seems like it's so funny that. 
there's accessories already for this thing. Oh yeah. If you if you're in the industry, if you do cases, if you do any of that stuff, you have been waiting for this. You knew when the event was going to happen. And it's not like you know, sometimes Apple surprises us with some information. It hasn't been a while since they really hit us with no, them. what? No. So we we it's a pattern, you know. It and it's I'm not mad at that. It just means iPhone case, John's like I got emails, so many emails the the day the Apple event went down. I got a handful too, and yeah. they're like, "Get ready for the case for your phone." I okay, okay, all right. I feel like you're putting the cart before the horse, but okay, I'm ready. So that's your little Apple update from. Adam Jobs, Tetris, Steve Jobs. I can. Hey, stop, Steve. Look, you gotta tell me those off the mic. That's a good one. I gotta keep that one. Hey, hey, just, look, hey, look. Maybe this whole episode will get chunked up. You no, know, maybe it'll we, never get released. We're gonna speak. I speak against that. <laughs> I don't receive that word. Uh, okay, and I yeah. speak against it. Okay. All right. This is the most important thing yeah. that came out of the Apple event. Mm-hmm. Mario. Super Mario Run. Yes, it's a me. Yes, yeah. Mario. Thing. Yeah, I'm very excited. How do you about feel? That. It's about damn time. Yes. And like if you play video games and you know anything about Nintendo, you know that Nintendo has been stubborn to add their software, their their games. Nintendo hasn't been doing really a whole lot of Nothing. anything. Anything. Nothing. Right now they're getting ready to release or unveil their new console. Oh, really? Which people call the Nintendo NX. Oh, you know what else happened? Yeah. We didn't even talk about this. PlayStation had an event too. What? PlayStation had an event on the same day as the Apple event. I did not follow this. Yeah, I didn't really follow it either, but I heard about it from, you know, reading and listening to other stuff. Huh? They announced the PlayStation Pro, oh. I believe it is. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, the, the new Slim John, uh, which is bigger and better, and, and it does, what, 4K? Yeah, PlayStation yeah. 4.1. Does much. 4D? <laughs> it's going to touch you? Uh, wait, hold on a second. Okay. I didn't si- we keep that out of my house. I don't day. want nothing touching me or nobody in my family that's coming out of the TV. Okay. Don't you, I'm, I'm load up Crash Bandicoot and I just want to play without being touched. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't, don't want you blowing my neck, Crash. You, you keep that away. What from even me. is a Bandicoot? What is a Bandicoot? What is a Lombax? Why, why do it, we have wait, all these? Do we have an answer for what a Bandicoot is? Is Man. that a joke or is that an actual. Pr- like, because we, we've all seen the game. You know, if you've played Uncharted, you understand. Uh-huh. Like, it, it plays a small part in that. But is a Bandicoot actually. That's a real thing. What is it? It looks like a mouse, but it's a marsupial. So it's in the kangaroo family. Wow. But it, it looks like a mouse with like a weird longish nose. Got kind of big ears. Mm-hmm. Does not look like the orange. Does crash. it have sneakers on? N- no sneaks. Is Does it? wear denim pants always. Oh, okay. Always okay. blue pants. All right. Pants. So they 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 were they were actually like they did their fact checking. Yeah, yeah, part. yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. And best friend is a tiki mask. So I know <laughs> that that is definitely they got that at least. Right. Yeah. Super Mario Run. Uh huh. I am very excited about it. Looks great. I think that the whole idea of playing a one-handed game on an iPhone, I think that M- Nintendo is making a good choice in moving their stuff into iOS. Fine. Because we don't want to play, like we talked about before, we don't want to play Gods of War on our iPhone. There's no. too much going on. Yeah. It requires too much. We don't want to play Uncharted because there's too much aiming and rolling Way and button pressing. Much. Like That's you want to be able to, like you said, have an Apple in one hand and have your iPhone in the other hand. I got one hand in my pocket and the other hand's playing Super Mario Run. You, you remember that? Yeah. That song, Alanis Morissette? That's right. You got, I got one hand in my pocket and the other one's giving a high five. There it is. Yeah. 
That's it. it it's it makes sense. So they sense. were channeling Alanis when they, they they got at. So the whole idea is they were listening to Alanis. That's right. Somebody on the on the on the UX UI team was like, you know what? Oh my God! I cracked She's the got case. one hand in her pocket, yeah, and the other one giving a peace sign is jumping and saving the mushroom print. Yeah. Okay. And then they took it straight up to the top to like Shigeru, get me get me Miyamoto right now. We gotta talk. I cracked the case. Miyamoto is uh eating a hamburger right now. So oh, you can't really uh Perfect. I only need one hand. Oh. I only need one and that's hand. That's where the analogy came from. That's right. And with that one hand, they shook hands. And this is where we are right now in the present, that is the future, and we're rewriting the past. What? Point one. Now, wait, wait a second. I don't know what we're talking about right what now. What you can't see. Hey, listener, you can't see this right now. There's blood coming out of my ears because <laughs> I'm just, I'm solving the universe right now. Did you uh, do the thing where you go on the Apple store and you like sign up to be notified when it comes out? I haven't yet, uh, but I thought that was interesting. If you go into the app store and look at the Super Mario Run app, that is the only time so far that I've seen the button that says notify. And I, I when does it come out? Uh, holidays it doesn't really say no. the exact date yeah but you know. so they're working on it but it, it's been announced that's huge i think this is going to open up the dam for a lot of other nintendo properties watch your mouth adam okay Sorry. This, is a, this is a family show. i think that's going to open up the fiddle faddle for a lot of other Very, nintendo much properties better. hopefully some final fantasy uh, that is designed directly for the the iphone i think that it, it, it's you got to design these games for legend of zelda because oh. yeah for the phone because it's a completely different way of interacting with gaming. And we just accept the yeah. different kind of gaming on our handheld iOS devices than we expect from our consoles. Is Agreed. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Apple Watch. We're talking about wearables. What we got next? I'm going to try to talk about a different kind of wearable. Mm-hmm. Your glasses. Okay. Your specs. Mm-hmm. You turned me on to this story the other day. A study. Yes. About Superman and Clark Kent. It's freaking nonsense. Riddle me this. What do you? What is this? It is nonsense. Is what it is. It's. It's. Uh, apparently, researchers are saying that that whole Clark Kent disguise. The hey, look, I got glasses on, so you cannot recognize me. Mm-hmm. They're saying that that works. That's no. that makes sense. No. Well, you reject the science. I reject it. Yeah. They are wrong. I am right. On what basis? Based on this nonsense. <laughs> what it is? You trying to tell? So here's what they're saying, Internet. They are saying that if. People change things about their face, whether it's adding things or moving things. Generally, you are not able to notice who they are. Yeah. If you don't have a deep relationship with them. Yeah. If and you were not close. That's so right. and they're, so what they're doing now is they're using that as a basis to be able to go. Well, if you look at it that way, the whole Superman and glasses things works. No, incorrect, wrong. No, it doesn't. That's uh-huh. nonsense. I'm reading an excerpt right here. Okay. okay. Talk and this is on Science 2.0. I don't care what website it's on, Adam. This, look, we're doing a point one, and this is Science 2.0, so I'm just saying they're one above. Oh, well, They've well, got some right. progression here. Okay. So it says, the psychologist showed participants a number of faces in various, quote, natural poses, similar mm-hmm. to images seen on Facebook or other social media sites, okay. and asked them to decide whether each pair of images showed the same person or not. Uh, images were shown in three categories, pair of faces that wore glasses, images where neither wore glasses, where only one image wore glasses. In cases where both of the faces were glasses or where neither were glasses, accuracy of recognizing these people was around 80%. However, when only one of the two faces were glasses, performance was approximately 6% lower. Guess what? A statistically significant decrease. Guess what? 
What's up? No. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, look, here's, here's, no. A, I'm just going to run a pilot by you. Here's an idea. Okay. I want a television show where you spend time with researchers mm-hmm. virtually <laughs> anywhere. Right. And you contest their work. Right. Like on the basis of nonsense. It, it, yeah. That, that, well, how do you, how do you figure? Cause it's foolishness. It's foolishness. You're trying to tell me that Clark Kent arguably. You slap the, a Petri dish out of somebody's hand and you say, I have this. Exactly. <laughs> Clark Kent is arguably probably the biggest dude in the Daily Planet. Gigantic. He's the huge. tallest, That's right. most muscular, muscle-bound guy. I don't care if you put baggy clothes on him and put a hat on him and you put glasses on his face. That is still a six foot two, three, four, two hundred and some pound muscle-bound dude. What is it? What is a suitable disguise? Well, I mean, the fake nose, the mustache, and the glasses. You got to give me matches, Malone or something. Oh. You got to do some work. Yeah, he, like, he you has can't the hairline put, mustache. Yeah, you can't put glasses on him. Matches like, Malone for everybody who's listening. If you if you do not know this, Matches Malone is the secret alias, detective alias, yes. of Bruce Wayne. Yes. So when Bruce is going out and about, and he don't want to be Bruce, and he, he it's not time to be the Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is Matches Malone, and he slicks his hair back, and he's got like a pencil. Uh, thin mustache. He's got these shades. He's got these shades. He's always got a toothpick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, has a match in his mouth. Oh, it's a match. Okay. Yeah. 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 And the biggest issue that I have with this is Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Lois Lane. There's no excuse for Lois Lane. There's no way that Lois Lane is looking in Clark Kent's face every single day at the Daily Planet, having conversations with him, knowing his background, knowing where he's from, knowing what he likes, what he doesn't like, and all that kind of stuff. And then you're also flying around with Superman. I'm saying, and you can't see the difference. I, I'm, you I, want me to buy this, scientists? I understand. This is what you want to tell. Like, so I don't. I don't. I didn't go to school, and I ain't got no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to insult my intelligence? And I'm just supposed to be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Adam take your glasses off oh my gosh it's booster gold wow <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's cruel no it's still you <laughs> it is still you i'm not buying it i'm not having it I, when i take my glasses off i don't know who i am and here's here's my anecdote okay I'm, I'm, i brought this to you yesterday and i'm gonna I'm stand by this i have a matches malone i got an alias you do have a matches malone. i have i have a nightlife Persona, mm-hmm. and he is an MC of cabaret and bar arts and, and burlesque performances. Mm-hmm. His name is Flirt Vonnegut. Okay, so if you are a, a literary fan such as myself, you might recognize the pun yes. embedded in that Flirt mm-hmm. Vonnegut. Now, Flirt Vonnegut wears a different pair of glasses than I. Different frames, right? Okay, Flirt don't wear my glasses, and I do not wear Flirt's glasses. Mm-hmm. It's a transformation of sorts, which is kind of funny when you think about it, because I basically wear the same clothes. Right. I just walk into a phone booth and change my specs. You walk into a phone booth, put some pair of glasses on, and you come out, and you just open up your shirt, and it's just like, no, you why are you open your shirt up? That's oh, what's I just up. felt like the right thing to do. I just thought this was time. I just thought it was you time. Know, this is not how we do this? But from time to time, someone that I've met in real life as Adam, as the co-host of the award-winning podcast, Comic Book Junto. Thank you, everybody, for your five stars and a positive comment. We appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, sometimes people encounter flirt, and they don't recognize me, or they have a moment, just a moment, mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, oh, gosh, we've met. I've met you during the day at Indie Hall or right. elsewhere. Right. So they, I, I can see. You read about Lois Lane. The Lois Lane theory debunks everything. Yeah. Right? Well, have, I mean, scientists, have you considered the Lois Lane principle? Have you? Ain't no scientists come talk to me. And yeah. See, that's the problem with their point. They that's haven't right. come talk to me about Come to it. the community. Okay. Come you got to bring me, your science. Come and see the, me for once. Huh? Yeah. Come and see me for you once. You don't never come to me? Yeah, that's right. So there's that. Uh, moving on, next topic, Batpod. 
Yeah, the bat pod. So we've all seen. Uh-huh. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say this. This reminds me of way, 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 way back in one of our first CBGA episodes. Uh-huh. We talked about the Batmobile. Yes, being up for sale. Yes, yes. And the bat pod. You can complete your collection now. Yeah. You got so it. whoever that guy is or gal who has the uh, t- is it the tumbler? Yes, yeah, the tumbler. Who has the tumbler? You can also get the bat pod as well because it is for sale. That's right. Now, for the low, low price, eighty uh, k. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Although I think it's been it what is this? It's expected to sell between eighty thousand and a hundred thousand. So it's being valued in that range. That's a very expensive motorcycle. That's a that's a twenty thousand dollar disparity. Not to mention it looks extremely uncomfortable. It sure does. Have you ever ridden a motorcycle before, Adam? Yeah. No, no. I mean, only uh uh on the back of somebody else's. Never like actually uh-huh. driven one. You pretty much are laying down on the bad pod. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's with, a good point. With, you're laying down and your head is up and your arms are forward. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of like Tron in a, in a little the bit. The life right? cycles. Yeah. 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 And it, it like from riding a motorcycle, it does not seem, it doesn't seem like I have a lot of control over what's going on. You do have control because you have the ability to turn the wheels sideways and do that like sideways wheel spin. Maneuver. It might be worth 80 to 100K climb that wall if i can climb a wall if you zip up a wall if i can go up one side of the wall flip around and come down the other side and yeah. i can shoot uh grappling hooks out of it and flip uh 18 wheelers over a couple th- things you can do that a couple things you need to know before you make this purchase tell me all right first it's been drained of all fresh fluids so you got to redo this okay like everything coolant gas why did they why, why did they drain it of all the fluids? I don't know. How it's am I supposed a, to test it? It's like a it? statue now. You would expect me to just trust you? I can't come in here and I can't ride the thing and hey, see if it works? Yeah, this is not like a pair of sneakers where you ride that you you wear these out. I gotta try them on first, make no. sure if it's the right because every size 13 ain't the size 13 from everybody. That's a good point. But this is not it's not gonna happen with this. They're not gonna put no gas in it. Not for only me? that, it, you, not only that, not only do you need to put gas in it, you need to put a new gas tank. So I can't oh. so I can't put gas no. in it. So I can't even hear it run? No. Listen to that baby purr. I'm I'm sorry, sir. That's just you making motorcycle noises. Like, mm. sir, vroom, vroom. I can see you below the motorcycle making cat purring noises. <laughs> and even if that was the noise <laughs> the motorcycle made, I wouldn't want to buy it if it's purred like a cat. You just think- get from behind. Is that man man back there? Wow. How did man man get here? Man, get from behind the tumbler, man man. Who you still you ain't got dealership? no. And how are you in here with no shoes? Get you. You know what? He can't buy it. Get back. You can't, he can't buy it. Man, man, man can't buy it. Man, man can't even use the throttles. You got to replace those. Can't reach it. Uh, and you have to replace a battery. It is. It is. This is not literally a statue. This is just the, a statue. Yeah, and it, it ain't an action figure. It's a statue. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? Is it? Does it work? I, in theory, I don't know. So am, what am I buying? Am I, am I literally buying? You're buying a movie prop? Okay. It's buy, but my my understanding is it has a Honda engine, mm-hmm. so it could work. It should mm-hmm. work. I mean, what else do I have to do? Do I have to fill the tires? <laughs> the tires to... ain't got no air in them. And you should <laughs> probably paint it because right now it's just like, just primer. Is Lucius Fox come with it so he can fix my, my bad pot afterwards? I don't think you have that kind of customer service, man. Nobody's got that. I can't reach out to Lucius to help, help give him some information about how exactly I do this. I don't think so. Although maybe you do buy this and you are forever burdened by getting phone calls from Alfred. I'm like, what if you're like, get a phone call and you're like, where are you, sir? Master Bruce. Hey, I think, Alfred. This hey, is, Alfred. New phone. Who this? Alfred. <laughs> this is not, this is not Master Bruce. Oh, I, I am. I am sorry, sir. And your phone rings again. Master Bruce. Alfred. 
You hey, just man. called the same number again. I don't know what to tell you, but this it, this is Barry. Okay? It's not me. I bought this. I'm a big fan of the franchise. My name is Barry. Let me talk to Bruce. Uh, he's, he's not available. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's something you got to contest with. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So there's that. Moving on. You see uh, photos from the new uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Yes. We yes, got a I photo do. of Shocker. What Bo Shocker Keen. is going to look like. Yeah, Bokeem Woodbine mm-hmm. is playing the Shocker. Herman Schultz. And we have some photos from the set of what the outfit looks like, what yep. the dude looks like. Yep. What do you think? What do you mean? Yeah, it just doesn't. What were you expecting? Because this dude literally wears a quilt. What? <laughs> I was expecting it to be more quilty. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I was expecting it. The problem with it is, is it looks like he's got, you know, those hoodies that zip up all the way to the top of your head. Yes. You remember those that have like the eyes that wrap around? It him? looks like you were in a mask or something. Yeah, it looks like he has a zip up hoodie that zips up over his head, like the old babe joints. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's got like a messenger bag on. So I was like, I. Don't, you know, but also at the same time, I can't see, I haven't seen him move. And you raised a very good point. Which is? You pointed out that it looks like this is like his first costume. It may well be. Like the makeshift one, the same one that we saw from Spider-Man in Civil War. Yeah, before he, you know, gets that paper. Or Tony hooks him up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe this is his first take. And also, you know. You know how it is when somebody gets a set photo with a camera from their phone. It was blurry. They don't got an iPhone 7 Plus. Yeah, they didn't they get took the, that. The that, was only, that was only with one camera. See, this is why we it need ain't to two. get the iPhone, the iPhone so we can 7 get, Plus. So we snap some good photos of the shocker. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm going to give this some potential. The, the more I look at it, the more I think I can see this turning into something mm-hmm. looking good on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But right now, it looks a little ruddy. Here's my thing. I don't know. I trust Marvel Studios. Yeah. But I I understand. I try, even there's nothing that they've ever done costume wise that has made me go, what are they doing? I brought this up yesterday, and or no, yesterday. What day is today? Today is Friday. Okay, so when when we first recorded this, Wednesday, I brought this up on Wednesday, and I had said the the worst Marvel costume I have ever seen, mm-hmm. hands down, was Spider Man Three New Goblin, and I realize now as I'm saying this, yeah. and then. That that was not a Marvel Studios no, it was movie, not. but as long as we never ever ever get close, you want to, you don't want anybody who worked on that set to I, work on anything that has to do with Marvel Studios. I hope they're not in filmmaking. I, whatever. <laughs> Wait, it, you want to take you want to take the food out of his family's mouth? No, I'm just saying what you did is you made. I know what you did. Oh wow! What you did last summer is you made an X Games outfit <laughs> for the hoverboard. I need you to. You were excellent at your craft. Uh-huh. You just too soon. Okay. Okay. We haven't had hoverboard games in the X. But first uh, of X all, games yet. Don't talk about hoverboards unless it's hovering. Not the John with the wheels. Not the one that you can. Don't buy on you South dare! And no. Don't you ever call a wheelie John. A hoverboard. That is, by the way, the best description I've ever heard of it. Because that's what it is. It's a wheelie joint. It's a wheelie joint. Because it's got wheels and it's a thing. I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) A wheelie thing. That's a a wheelie joint. Yeah. You mean that wheelie joint? But that's not a hoverboard. Hoverboard is supposed to be hovering. It hovers. That's yeah. do we do we do we do know that words mean things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Words mean things. So what I'm saying is the person who designed New Goblin, mm-hmm. James Franco. Uh, person who designed James Franco, <laughs> person who Ms. Franco, Ms. and Mr. Franco, the person who designed New Goblin, I think ahead of their time, they're going to do great in the 2024 X Games when we are like flying. People were doing the 900. What is it? Quidditch? Quidditch. When Quidditch is up in there. Uh-huh. When we got Blitzball from Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to do great in fantasy sports. You're too soon. 
You're too, you're burning too bright too early. Wow. Yeah. So well, that's, that's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. But I trust Marvel Studios, all of the movies. I mean, Ant-Man looks great. Guardians of the Galaxy looks great. Um, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, everything looks great that they've done. True. So all the villains have looked awesome. Even a little bit that we've seen from Thanos looks good. Yeah. Um, Loki. So when they're doing this, even if it's not that good, they've honestly earned like so much like trust from me that I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, go for it. Look, we started this conversation on Shocker and Shocker's costume. I want to talk about the costume of another big comic book character. Okay. 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> 50 Cent's got a costume? 50 Cent. Okay. 50 Cent is bulletproof. He is bulletproof. We know this to be true. Nine shots. Uh, 50 Cent. 50 Cent uh, posted to his Instagram that his son was celebrating a birthday and his son says, the kid, kid said he wanted a cyborg. I said, okay. And then he said, he's, I well, want, he says, he says, he says, Hey, uh, Hey dad, I want a cyborg. I want a cyborg. Well, his kid's a teen Titans fan. Uh-huh. He's like holding a Raven doll. He's got like a teen Titan, John, mm-hmm. uh, kid, kid said he wanted a cyborg to be at his birthday. Right. 50 says, okay. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want daddy to be cyborg. Oh. And he says, okay, it's your birthday. I'm the cyborg. <laughs> so we have a photo on, on Instagram. I'm sure you can Google it. Internet of your man. Curtis. Yes. Dressed as cyborg. Fantastic. <laughs> I need this to be real. Like, I really need this to be real. It I is need, real. Well, I, I need this in the Justice League. I need this all over. You, the so place. you're you're fan casting 50 Cent to play. Even though, even though uh, cyborg, cyborg is already, even though he's cast. already out there. Yeah. I'm maybe, just he can vo- maybe he can voice uh, voice act it. I'm really like Or it. I can voice act it. Listen. I would have thought. Who, have you ever watched Teen Titans? Uh, not recently. The guy who does Cyborg in Teen Titans is amazing. Yeah? Like his voice. Yeah. His voice is, he's, he's awesome. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Do you know if he does uh, anything else? I don't know. I don't know his actual name, but I recognize his voice. Like he's so, he gives so much energy, you know, with, uh-huh. the, with the character. He doesn't sound like what I've heard the guy say from the Justice League video. He's like, I thought you weren't, you know, I thought you weren't real. Like this guy is like completely a character. Yeah. Here's my question for you, Adam. Yes. You get married, you have a kid, you have a son. Well, yeah, of course. Okay. You were just right. I accept that future. Okay. Here we go. Your son asks you to dress up as a character. (laughs) Hopefully not cyborg. What (laughs) won't you dress up? Where do you draw the line? You go, all right, kid, you've asked me too much. I'm not going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Uh And your son's like, do it for my birthday. And you're like, I ain't going to do it. Um, What's, what is, what is. You're, you're, you're wild. It's too much. Yeah. What will I not do? What will I not do? It would have to be something. He, he would. Here's what it would be. I know exactly what it would be. Okay. Because I, you know exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He'd be like, Dad, I want you to dress as uh, as as Superman from Batman v Superman. I'm like, I ain't going to be that Superman. He's like, Dad, Dad, I want you to be Superman. Wait, this, you just going to take this as an opportunity to just go after Batman v Superman again? Hey, hey, Papa, I want you to be Man of Steel. I'm, like, I'm not going to be that, okay? I'm going to be, I'm, I'll be Brandon Ruth, Superman Returns. Wow. What you want? I'm going to be a different Superman. That movie sucked. I'm not, I'm done here. Adam, I'm, turn, I'm turning off. Adam. I'm pulling wires Adam, out. I'm pulling cables out. The Superman Return. Where's the plug? Are you I'm talking about the out. one the, with, with the with the Kevin, uh, Kevin, what's his face? Is Lex Luthor? Wrong! Yeah, that one. Was, Yo, that was not good. I can't. Is that good yeah, movie to you? I, I, I gotta celebrate. I gotta celebrate. Wait a minute. Ask this take question. A moment, take a moment, okay? First, first things first. I pop up. <sighs> Taking a deep breath. Okay. Second thing, 
I want to celebrate Comic Book Junto for its its diverse opinions. Okay. All right. Let's please get to this point quick. Third thing. I ain't having this, okay? I ain't having that. <laughs> Adam. You know that this movie was as good as, if not better, than Don't Avatar? Don't even say this. <laughs> Avatar. Adam, you're joking. No. Is this a joke? Dog, I'm not. I'm not. I'm you not. think that that Superman movie <laughs> listen, it, look, was listen good. To listen to your language right now. You think. I'm just that. trying to, because I'm trying to determine, is this a joke or is this serious? I'm not. This is it's not a goof. It's not a goof. We, you can turn the microphone off right this moment. I'm going to tell you the same thing. I like wow. Superman Returns more than I liked Man of Steel. And more than you like Batman v Superman. Yes. Yes. It was long. There, you had no plot issues with You remember this. that when, when they shoot him in the eyeball? <laughs> oh, gosh. You had no plot issues with this movie? It was long. <laughs> All right. We're doing a one shot in this movie. That's it. We, we are doing a one shot in this movie because this is ridiculous. I don't even know how we got there. This is not on the news. This is why we had to do 38.1 because we had to get to this. That movie was not good. Internet, tweet at us at Octavius A. Newman, at Adam Tedros. Let us know what your thoughts are on was it Superman Returns. I'd what? rather watch Daredevil. That was the name of one of our episodes. I'm, I'm going to put you... I'm, I'm going to just return to that right now. I'd rather watch Superman Returns. <sighs> I'd rather watch Superman Returns. Why? Because it was brilliant. First of all. Brilliant? <laughs> are you just saying things to get me worked up now? Now I'm, now I'm giving it some accolades. Yeah. Okay. No, I no. might be... I'm, I'm, I'm making this a little more ornate than it oh, truly man. is. Oh, man. But I'm like, looking forward to this one shot. Internet, hold I'm us. I'm not. Hold us to this. Hold us to this. We're gonna do a one shot. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna get my notes together. I'm gonna bring out my. Uh, you know, bring out my um, chalkboard, and yeah. I'm gonna write down. Abacus. Yeah, I'm gonna get all this together. I'm gonna bring out scantrons. Yeah, I don't know what a scantron has to do with anything. Scant bubble sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's what I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a bodyguard. Because I'm, I'm going to need somebody to hold me back, right? This, this, who would win? In the, who would win in the argument? This ain't to protect me, Octavius. It's to protect you. I appreciate. I need that. somebody to hold me back. Thank you. That's what's up. All right, I'm looking forward to this one. Can we? Can we talk about something we agree on? Okay. The trailer for the new Netflix movie coming out. Oh, mascots. Oh, Christopher Guest. That looks so damn funny. So you put me on to Christopher Guest. Yes. Even though I, I saw the trailer, I didn't know this guy. Tell, tell, tell me uh, about this guy a little more. Christopher Guest is responsible for a few of my favorite movies ever. Mm -hmm. He had a hand in This is Spinal Tap. No idea. Which is a great flick. It's so it. damn funny. Uh, about a, a, a band called Spinal Tap. And it, it's they're horrible and wonderful, and it's just a parody of like uh, music documentaries. Horrible and wonderful, and like Superman Returns. <laughs> Dang, I'm going for it now. Dang. Okay, Dang. I'm just gonna keep taking shots as many as I can. I didn't think you're gonna be such a fablet about this. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. Oh man, that one came out of nowhere. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I'm say, I feel like I gotta put soap in my mouth. Oh man, that. that was good. Points. Uh, uh, Christopher Guest did this is Spinal Tap. He he also did Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty si uh, A Mighty Wind, and For Your Consideration. All these movies have a couple things in common. I have one, seen none of these movies. One. Uh, all of these movies are made in mockumentary form. So it's like a documentary, but it's clearly fake. It's not an, an actual real documentary. They're just covering the behind the scenes of whatever genre. And two, just about all these flicks are basically all improv. Mascots, my understanding, uh -huh. will be the same, where there is a very deep, very deep character background for all of the actors and actresses to look through and really little in the way of actual script 
that's written down. So they, you know, all of these like Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah, like they they get the camera on them. They say just run it. Mm-hmm. You you know what you're supposed to get to, and these are a couple of the points that get you there. So it's kind of like this podcast. It's amazing. You know what? That's exactly what this it's podcast like, it's, is it's, like. It's, we have these we have these points. You know, at some point you're going to disrespect Batman v Superman. Folks, and now this is not at scripted. some point I'm going to disrespect Superman Returns, and you know we're just going to go from there. Christopher Guest is making a new new movie. It's called Mascots. I can't wait. It looks so damn funny. We can agree on that at least. Yes, we can agree on that. Yeah. That is going to be, that, that looks like it's going to be good. That's what's up. Um, I'm just going to take a minute just to talk about, since we're talking about Netflix anyway, oh. I can't wait for September 30th. Same, same. And I, we're not going to get into it, but I do know that people are already watching Luke Cage. How? Re- reviews are coming out. Don't, I, don't. All I'm saying, is do not smi- disrespect the congregation. smile on my face. That's okay. all I'm saying. Smile on my face. Don't disrespect the congregation. I'm not, disre- I'm not disrespecting Internet the black just, I need everybody. I need everybody to tweet at Adam and remind him. Oh, my goodness. What the, what the rules of the black congregation are. Because I feel like sometimes my voice is dull. Okay? So I think if he gets a, it gets a, a fresh look. So I need everybody to flood his mentions and remind him. Don't you dare, don't you dare disrespect the oh. congregation. I'm going to just see myself out. <laughs> just see myself out. Don't disrespect the black congregation. Don't no, do it. No, I will not. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I saw mm-hmm. Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard had their podcast up, and it had Luke Cage, and I was like, No, I'm not. I'm not reading. I'm Don't not touch watching it. This. Yeah, yeah, not yet. But September 30th is coming. That's coming yeah. very soon. We all also, you know what Netflix. I'd like to know? Are you guys going to binge it? Are you going to watch it episode by episode? And if we do one shots on this, how would you like to see us do one shots on this? Do yeah. you want to see us do episode by episode by episode by episode? Should we do them in chunks? Yeah. You know, what would be best for you guys in your mind? Since we got a lot. How many episodes is it? Like, uh, I think usually these Netflix series are between nine and 12, something like that, or yeah. nine and 13. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. might be able to do like an episode a week, but I know I'm going to like watch it all in one chunk. As I said that just now, I was like, yo, those are arbitrary numbers and you have no evidence to back that up. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually so between just, just nine and 37 episodes. <laughs> we just be real. Uh, sci- you know, uh, studies show that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be upfront with y'all and transparent. You know what? I take it back. I made all of this up. <laughs> and I no convinced facts. myself. I was like, that sounds good. Yeah, it's about right. You know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can uh, hold I can stand behind that i uh, here's what i do know mm-hmm. here's what i do know uh we got some casting news for big movies coming out this is some of that new news y'all heard about the good news tell me joe manganello mm. is playing deathstroke official confirmed official yeah joe manganello we have seen most recently in magic mike 2 and i in, have not seen well okay but I, one one has seen well, people have seen i have seen it was up there with superman returns oh. I'm, I'm, it was up there <laughs> <It's> got, <laughs> good 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 comedy good okay. stuff okay. Uh, and also in my favorite movie that's come out in the past year which was the Pee Wee movie on Netflix. Was and I'm, I'm being legit about that. I love that movie. I swear to God, the first week that came out. So in this, this, this puts Superman Returns in context. Yeah. If, okay. if you keep it track. a good idea. <laughs> so if you keep, if you're taking notes, you're like, oh, okay. I kind of see where Adam's coming from. Yeah. Now. If you carry if you, the one. If you're taking plus notes. five. What you've come to realize by this time uh-huh. is movie night in my house sucks <laughs> but no i'm i'm being real the the peewee peewee's big vacation on netflix was so funny it was mm-hmm. everything i wanted and joe manganello was in it and he was great um he's funny as hell and he looks like 
he can pull off Deathstroke. I'm excited about this. Yeah, so he's going to be the villain in the new Batman movie. We don't know if he's going to be the only villain. We don't know what the story's going to be. We don't know anything like that. All we know is, uh, who's the guy? Jeff Johns? Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Johns, Johns DC. and Ben Affleck are working together on the script. Ben Affleck is starring in it as Batman. Ben Affleck is directing the film. And we also have... As uh, Batman. Yes, Directing as Batman, starring as Batman. Yeah, every Everything. time he speaks, he's going to have the whole situation where he's got the kind of like uh, <laughs> distorted voice. It's like uh, Ben, we can't understand. We, we can you can you take the can you take the voice distortion open thing from off? Black. We see a movie theater. He said, "Open from the back." Zorro. We're in an alley. Wait, the, bet you can't guess what's about to happen. Whose name is Alley? There's someone's name. There's someone's name's Al. Ben, can you take the voice modulator thing off? Ben Affleck, a lot, this is getting very confusing. It's difficult to work with you, and I need you to be well, also. What talking about. Another thing I got to point just out: follow the instructions. Why I'm do you, you always look so sad in photographs? I don't understand. Just I'm follow just, the instructions I'm giving you. Let me just ask you that right quick. I know this is nonsense. I'm not sad. I'm thinking about. Okay, I'm thinking about lunch. I'm thinking about what I'm eating for lunch. But that's not the point. Open from black. Why does Ben Affleck always look apathetic in photos? I have come to a conclusion. What is this? He has resting, unimpressed face. (laughs) 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 He's saying his face is rough. He's just resting. You know, like he just has his normal wake up in the morning when he looks in the mirror. That's what he sees staring back at him. He just sees this kind of like. You know, he's eating his favorite. He's eating his favorite cereal. Yeah. Oh, I love Fruity Pebbles. That's in his head. That's the same face he has. It's just that unimpressed face. You know, and inside he's really enjoying himself. What do you think think would change that face? (laughs) What, What does Ben Affleck happen upon? What does he see before his very eyes that causes him to look delighted? I don't know. the Matt Damon is the answer to that question. Matt Damon. Matt. Hey, it's my friend, Matt. Hey. Nobody makes me light up just like you, Matt. Hey, Matt. I'm just saying maybe their friendship is so cherished to him that that's it, you know? It's just the time that he spends on set with the Martian himself, Matt Damon. On the Great Wall of China? On the Great Wall with with the savior (laughs) of China himself, (laughs) Matt Damon. Uh, Yeah, there's a set photo of the Justice League, and uh, everybody's looking like they're having a good old time. Um, uh, Momoa, Jason Momoa, Aquaman, Mm -hmm. and... uh, uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gal Gadot, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman, Ezra Ezra Miller. I believe, uh, the Flash. And there's Batman... Matt, Matt, uh, uh, Ben Affleck himself, unimpressed, just not having it. He looks absent. He I looks just absent. think that's just that's just how he rolls, man. I'm not yucking any yums. If that's what your face looks like, <laughs> <laughs> if that's the name of this episode, if that's what your face looks like, that, that, that. <laughs> at the end, at, at the end, of, <laughs> at the end of Superman Returns, point ben one. Affleck, Ben Affleck has that face. And you're like, wow, Ben, you really did not like that movie. And he goes, the movie was amazing. What do you mean? I loved it. it was this, was fan, this is the best movie I've ever been a part of. That was a masterpiece. I can't wait to be a part of this franchise. I hear you talk to fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, staying with casting, this is fan casting, yes. or this is kind of like actor. It's fan casting from the man who wants to be fan casted. Right. Yeah. So Stephen Lang, who was the super creepy bad guy in Don't Breathe, which yeah. we're going to be doing a one-shot on coming up very soon. Very soon. He um, did a great job in Don't Breathe, and we'll talk yeah. about that later, but he wants to play Cable in Deadpool number two. Give it to him. Listen. Give it to him. That dude. I When I first saw him... And I was like, ah, oh, he wanted to play this. I'm like, ah, whatever. I didn't recognize that he was from Avatar. And he was like uh, Machine Man from Avatar. Okay, I got words on that. Ang- so let me ju- Ang- I'm gonna, Angry Machine Man. I'm going to let you finish. But 
Yeah, I mean, you, you tell me how you feel about him being the role of Cable. Okay. You think he has the... Can he do this? Can he pull it off? I think that he's going to be fantastic. <clears throat> he does creepy very well. He does... Intense. You know, he does intense very well. He's big and muscular while he still has that kind of old... He he doesn't look old and, like, weak. He looks he looks no. like he's got old man strength out oh, the wazoo. So, he, I'm like, he is seriously jacked. He's a... He's and a don't breathe. He was intimidating. He was blind and he was quiet for most of the movie. Right. And so he... he, he acted his butt off his eyes his face yeah. you know his body language so i think if you take all of that and you partner with ryan reynolds like that yeah. whole like man you know this is supposed to be serious but now it's funny this is supposed to be funny but now it's serious yeah but i think that that would be great um i don't know who else that they would really put for that position he even looks like he looks like cable yeah he does so you put all the equipment on him I think he's good. Okay, I'm looking at uh, the IMDb page mm-hmm. right now for Stephen Lang. Okay. And the three movies at the very top, uh, three movies in pre-production that he's he's going to be in. Okay. They have not happened yet. I got Avatar 2, Avatar 3, and Avatar 4. Are you serious? He's returning for all three. How are you going to do sequels. all them avatars and then do cable? I loved Avatar. All right. Why? Nanu Nanu. I loved Avatar. Why? I th- I I can't explain this to you. The blue I'm, people sex scene. I so man, that was <laughs> how hot was that? O- only only one person knows how to make something like that. It's Kanye West's uh, video for uh, yeah uh, uh, fade out fade fade, uh, which is is gorgeous and wonderful. But n- and and nothing. The end, the end was super weird. It's, actually, it was a very Avatar cat person. Uh huh. Okay. So maybe that's why I like that music video for Fade so much. Um, I, I loved Avatar. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Maybe it's the Avatar ponytail sex. Maybe it's dragon <laughs> planes. May, I, I don't dragon know what it, maybe it's unobtainium. I don't know what it was. I love that movie. Machine Man. The experience of me seeing that movie in IMAX was so fascinating. It so was. It fun. was. It wasn't that one of the first. Yeah, or the first one that really like made. Uh, 3D a thing. Yeah. Because it had like the depth of field and you're watching it and you're thinking, I've never seen anything like this Besides before. Moonwalker, and Epcot still, Center. I'm still not seeing a lot of movies use 3D. A lot of people say 3D, but now it's just saying Super HD. Yeah. That's really what it means. And it's like a little bit darker and a little blurry and that kind of joint. Unless you're seeing it 4D, then it's not very impressive. Then it's just like people touching on you the whole movie. Punch Get you. off of me. Yeah, don't punch my butt. Why? Why do you keep poking me in the back? Don't give me that neck tickler, okay? I ain't having this right now. I did not pay $22. Oh, you did? I did pay $22 for this. Never Stop mind. touching my feet during the movie. I apologize. Never mind. I actually still want to go get, like, actually experience this thing so I can actually have a real opinion on it. Uh, things we've learned in this show so far, Superman Returns, one of the best movies of all time. Avatar, terrific franchise. Can't wow. wait for more. Um, wow. And I'll be, I'm, I'm just going to say this out loud, and I, I hope she is or is not listening. I could go either way. Avatar Wedding. When I get married in this future that you you prescribed for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. when uh, I, I, I get a little older, I get married, I have a son of my own that mm-hmm. I will not be dressing as Man of Steel for. Okay? You're going to dress up as Man of Steel for your son. Here's what I will if be your son, up If I you have a kid up. in the next couple years, and he gets... Depending upon where the DC extended universe is, and he's like, Daddy, I want you to dress up as Man of Steel. You're trying to tell me you are not going to put the costume on for him. Here's what I'm telling you right now. I will dress as Jake Sully from Avatar, the movie, on my wedding day. I'm having an Avatar-themed wedding. Has, has 
has your significant other. I have all the consent I need. We have, <laughs> I have, we have ongoing enthusiastic consent. And oh, I believe that man. extends to the day. By the way, I haven't popped the question, but... Okay, talk. all right. I was like, not, is this what we're doing? Are you not, doing it on not, episode right now? Not, I'm not trying to mix the message here. What I'm saying is when the time is right, right, when we have discovered the Navi planet, Pandora. What are we even talking about right I'm now? getting married on that planet. You know I am. Okay. I'm definitely doing it. All right. I'm having an Avatar-themed wedding. Listeners, all of you are invited. <laughs> Every single one. That's going to be a lot of money per plate. Especially you... Lord Penny <laughs> I don't know why I just picked you out of the crowd right now, but it, it's... Well, there it is. All right. Yeah, there it is. There it is. All right. So, moving on. What are we even doing here, right? <laughs> We're doing an episode of Comic Junto 38.1. It is fantastic. This is everything I was hoping it would be. All right. So, Black Lightning. What do you know about Black Lightning? Very little. So, I'm going to need your enlightenment. He is a will. DC character, and it seems like um, Greg Berlanti is bringing uh, Black Lightning TV series to Fox. Do you happen to know, is this going to be in the same universe as is some of the other DC shows, Flash, uh, Supergirl, that sort of thing? Gotham. Well, I mean, they're all over the place, Well, right? Gotham is not really the part of the same continuity as Flash and Supergirl and Arrow. Yeah. Right? Those three. Question mark? I believe those three, the latter three, are in the same continuity, same environment. Yes. I don't think Gotham is. Uh, well, all I know is that this show is officially going to be on Fox. Mm -hmm. um, so here's what the, it says. Uh, the DC Comics show will be the third at Fox with Gotham returning for its third season in a couple of weeks and Lucifer going into its second. Berlanti and Stretcher, I don't know how to pronounce that, will executive produce the plot with Salim and Mara Brock Akil writing the television adaptation of the comic. So that's that. We've got, I like it. We've got Black, uh, Black Lightning coming. Black Lightning looks like it was a character from late 70s. Yes. Uh, Seven, uh, it says the character was created by Tony Isabel and Trevor Vaughn Eden, first appearing in Black Lightning number one in April 1977. Are you a fan of the character or is this something? I haven't really spent a lot of time with about? him. I haven't spent a lot of time with him at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a feeling that that's going to be the case. There are going to be a lot of people who learn about Black Lightning if and when the show comes out. But I will be one of them and I'm excited for that. I mean, I am. I am here for new television shows if they're going to be on characters that are not white. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here for new shows, new representation. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. Yes. I, because so far, the DC shows that I can think of, there are uh, people of color in the supporting cast, mm -hmm. but maybe not so much the focus. Yeah. And I mean, this is putting, this is putting a black superhero character on TV. Yeah. And a regular, <clears throat> regular, consistent weekly show. I wonder if a show like Luke Cage is going to prove, yes, it is time for that. Yes. Oh, we, like, we're, we're here. Yeah, I mean... Because you know it's just about the money, you know? And, like, they, it's just a matter of... Wait, what's of, the question? You wonder if Luke Cage is going to prove what? If Luke Cage is going to say, yeah, people want this right now. DC, do this. I mean, I think that the response to Black Panther shows that. I think the response to Creed, because Creed is arguably a superhero, superhero movie. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I would, I would say so. Like, if you write a good story, people are going to... They're going to show it. up for it. They're going to show up for it. Yeah. You know, and especially if, you know, when they made, because <clears throat> a lot of people don't know this, Captain America wasn't like an Iron Man and Thor. Like 10 years ago, they weren't like the number one characters. No, no. And that's been our point on this podcast a lot. If yeah. you invest the time and the, the, creative, the creative talent yeah. and the money into it, 
You guys have a fantastic IP. You can make anything you want popular. Yeah. Ant-Man. Yeah. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you've already proven that you can take these characters and you can make them awesome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, so, but you just need to care enough to put in the work to make something really awesome. You can make Nighthawk work. Because Night- then you have situations where you have, you know, when you and I talked about X-Men, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. yep. you got something that's riding on the kind of the, the established privilege of the franchise. People love this stuff. Mm. People love this. That's interesting. And... The reality is, is nobody really put any love or care into that. And then they just turn out trash. You can show us something we've never seen before and really put some passion behind it. Don't throw two steel beams into the ground and make an X. Don't do that. <sighs> hey, how are you going to do this with the blackout congregation listening right now? Don't do that. All right. That's just, that's just some general advice that is apropos of nothing. <laughs> Don't put two steel girders in the ground to form an X. Don't do that. If you're given the opportunity to do that, don't say, be doing say it. Say no. Say no. <clears throat> say no. Yeah. We, we have some other uh, uh, upcoming media news. Uh, new movie that I'm really, really excited about. Yeah, this is your joint. Shin Godzilla. You've heard me talk about it often, uh, and I've referred to this movie as Godzilla Resurgence. Mm -hmm. That is what it's called in Japan. It is the most recent Japanese Godzilla movie from a new director, the guy who gave us Neon Genesis Evangelion. To you anime fans, I'm so hyped for this movie. I've been waiting for it to come to the United States, and it is on October 11th. October eleventh. Wait. <laughs> yeah. October one one. Right. So we're gonna be we're gonna be uh I'll be I'll be in the front row. We're gonna see it live October eleventh. I'll be sitting in that movie theater. What else do I have to do on that <laughs> nothing. day? Ain't nothing. Nothing else is going on October eleventh. Nothing happening. It's wide open. Then. Yeah. Perfect I'm free. Day. <laughs> so Shin Godzilla is coming. Uh, I, I know it's coming to select theaters, and then shortly after that, video on demand. I'm how so sure, how long is it going to be in select theaters? That's the important question. <laughs> Probably a day. <laughs> I'm like my my sense is this. I think they're doing that kind of like killing joke release, oh, where they're man. just going to do a couple. No, I'm I'm not I'm not saying killing joke because I'm I want to compare it. I just think it's that kind of limited release. If you start saying a killing joke is a good movie, no, no, we're it's not. Good. All right, now it's not, getting out of control. Not, it's getting ridiculous. We are not going there. It's nowhere near excellent cinema like Jupiter Ascending. It doesn't Ugh. even touch that. this guy really believe and this up to again, if you're taking notes, he really thinks that Jupiter Ascending is a great movie. You're tuning into Comic Book Junto from controversial opinions <laughs> from your dude Adam Controversial Jobs. opinion alert. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Controversial opinion alert. So look, Shin Godzilla comes out in October. I'm stoked. I'm totally available for it. I have nothing else better to do. <laughs> All right, so take us into this next one. This this last, this not this last one, this next one is another one that's big to you too, so I'll let you yeah, take this one. Yeah, so in some comic news, because I, I, I'd like for us to touch on that at least a little bit, Marvel has been teasing a project with the letters MU, and here I'm thinking Ultimate Universe, maybe Marvel Ultimate, I thought we were done with this because of Secret Wars and all that. Uh, It's finally been revealed what MU stands for, and the project is Monsters Unleashed. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. What does that mean? About Monsters Unleashed. Unknowing. Monsters Unleashed was a series back in the 70s. It was like 73 through 75. And the reason that I know about Monsters Unleashed is because my dude. The Man Thing Mm. starred in that series. Is this Giant Size Man Thing? Uh, No. This was a different thing. This is a normal size man thing. No. Just an average size. <laughs> average size man just, thing. Yeah, just a good old average size man right. thing. 
Right. Uh, Man Thing is my favorite character. I'm just favorite. I'm just going to end it there. He's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. I love Man Thing, and I'm excited because Monsters Monsters Unleashed means we're probably going to get Man Thing back in a book, even if it's not his own. We're going to get some horror stuff, so he'll probably be up in there. And here's what really intrigues me: one of the names associated with this project coming out is Cullen Bunn. What you know about Cullen Bunn? Uh, tell me more. Cullen Bunn was the writer on Venom when Venom. Lived in Philly. Okay. And that was the only time we had uh, a superhero, to my knowledge, living in Philadelphia. All right. Rep in Philly. From, from the Marvel Universe. So that was a short-lived uh, story, and there was a short-lived series, mm-hmm. but it was good to have a, a, a hero rep in Philly. I felt really good about that. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Talk to me. Colin Bunn is doing Monsters Unleashed. Okay. Colin Bunn brought Venom to Philly because his editor at the time, Tom Brennan, used to live in Philadelphia. Okay. And Tom Brennan maybe is going to hit up Cullen Bunny, says, hey, I saw you doing MU, Monsters Unleashed. Right. How about this? How about you bring Man-Thing to the city of brotherly love? Man-Thing in Philadelphia, 2016, Adam for president. What's going on? How you how'd doing? You get, how, how did you start running I for president? I got big ideas. <laughs> I got big. I, I am. The whole, I'm the new Walt Disney. I th- <laughs> I am Steve Jobs. <laughs> Who's the Medici family? <laughs> Adam is. My question Adam is. Adam Jetpack Ceteris is the Medici family. How, I thought part of the thing was that Man-Thing can't leave. Oh, my God. Let me just tell Jabronisville, you. Let me just Florida. tell you. Citrusville, first of all. Thank uh-huh. you. I can't believe you called everybody living in Citrusville a jabroni right now. No, no. It's, I just didn't know it was good. Uh, <laughs> he can't leave. That is correct because the Citrusville swamps that he So, wait. Inhabits. If he can't leave the swamps, how do we have stories? Oh, my gosh. Uh, wait, are you asking me this question right now because you want me to answer this? Man-Thing Monday. Man-Thing Monday is coming to you. Check your local listings. I'll have explanations for all of this and more. Cullen Bunn, I know that you're listening. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. And I have a very solid creative device that will allow Man-Thing to travel to Philadelphia anywhere he wants. He can go to Philadelphia. He can go to West Philadelphia. He can go wherever he likes. So you're telling me all the Man-Thing comic books all these times, all of them, he's in... Nowheresville, Florida. No, Citrusville, thank you. Okay. Uh, sometimes he doesn't leave. He sometimes he does leave in uh, some of the more recent excursions. He does leave, and people don't explain it. Uh, Chris Claremont wrote Man Thing for a time, and he says that there was some magic in the swamp, and Man Thing must live in the swamp. And if he goes away from it, he dries up and dies. Basically, how long? Which basically means a Man Thing is. I've said this before. I'm gonna say this one more time. He is Frosty the Snowman. Right, must have been some magic in that old hat. <laughs> wow! Because he's he's got to stay in the magic swamp. Yeah, so corn cob pipe. My sense, carrot for a nose. You know, I can't even explain the plot because it's one. Don't y'all. give it away. Don't give it away on the Lord, internet, Lord Pennyless. So help me God, if you steal this idea <laughs> from my hands right now, I'm not going to share it with y'all. When the time is right, okay, we're going to have a special episode of Comic Book Junto, and I will regale all of you with my plans. Here I come, Adam Tedris, 2017. I'm with him. Just, well, I don't know what she's got to talk about <laughs> at this point, but I think you should write the man thing story. I agree. Write it and pitch it. I agree. Stan the man, Lee, I know you're listening to this right now. Thank you for the five stars and a positive comment. But um, I'm, I'm on the project. I'm happy that you would trust me with the project. Appreciate that, Stan. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to take this on. Cullen Bunn, hit me up. I'm very excited about Monsters Unleashed, mm-hmm. if you could not tell. I can see that. Yeah, I'm just getting, I am just getting started in comics right now. And I that, mean, is, that is a foil 
for somebody who is no longer going to be working in comics right now. <laughs> he's leaving a position for me. Okay, he's leaving a spot open. Mm. Our last story in our news. Feed our last right story. Now, Alan Moore is retiring from comics. Yeah, he he's he's uh he's hanging it up. Yeah. So who is Alan Moore? Alan Moore is the man responsible for some of the most important comic books in the medium's history. Watchmen. Watchmen. V for, uh, v for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. The uh, Killing Joke. The, the Killing Joke. Which if is you an want excellent, to give him the Batman book. Which, by the way, he says he's he's tired of Batman. Uh, League we'll of talk Extraordinary about that a little Gentlemen. Later League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. Uh, he has incredible ideas. He did an amazing run on Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, there's grace for you, even though you're a plagiarized <laughs> version of Man Thing. Okay, don't know. Wow. Don't, don't think I don't pay attention to that. But uh, Alan Moore is an incredible writer. If you haven't read him before, I think it's 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 kind of like a rite of passage. If you're a comic book fan, you read this. It's classic. It's legacy stuff. It's a good. I mean, he makes good stuff. But he is done with comics. He says he's done with the medium. He's given about all he can give to this art form, and he would like to put his work and his effort and time into different mediums. Yeah. Here's the quote. I think I've done enough for comics. I've done all that I can. I think if I were to continue to work in comics, inevitably the ideas would suffer. Inevitably, you'd see, you'd start to see me retread old ground. And I think both of you, both you and I, probably deserve something better than that. I know I'm able to do anything anyone is capable of doing in the comic book medium. Um, I don't need to prove anything to myself or anyone else. I will always reserve comics, um, revere comics as a medium. It's a wonderful medium. Alan Moore. That works for me. And I cannot argue with him. In in some sense, it it feels like a little egotistical. Like, all right, man, you're being a little narcissistic right now saying you can do anything you want in comics. But here's the thing. He has. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's done it. Yeah, he's he's at a point where he's done a whole lot for comics. And, and he's, he's, had, he's, he's been given on. the opportunity to do so. Yeah. You know, and... uh this is about as calm as Alan Moore has been in a little while. Because usually you, we, we hear stories about Alan Moore being very upset with DC because they, they took the property Watchmen and they're doing all kinds of things to Watchmen against his will. And some of his other IPs, he gets real salty when people make movies of comic books because he says you should not be able to take this thing and adapt it into a different thing. It doesn't work the same. I know I've said before, the medium is the message. When you adapt a comic book into a film, it changes the entire product. The whole story changes. And I know Alan Moore agrees to some degree with that. Uh, He just released a novel Mm -hmm. which is gargantuan and apparently incredibly deep and difficult to read. That novel is called Jerusalem and it is on sale now and people are very slowly coming to be able to review it. A lot of people are regarding it very early on as a masterpiece but an intense and difficult read. So maybe this is where he's going to be for a little while. Well, I know his long form. I know before he left, uh, before he's deciding to leave, he had to take one more shot at Batman. Yeah. on the way out. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> as he's announcing that he's leaving comic books, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you know, I done all I could." He also took that as an opportunity to trash talk Batman. That's right. So here's what this guy says. <clears throat> I am sure there's probably a very good reason for the hundreds of thousands of adults who are flocking to see the latest adventures of Batman. But I, for one, am a little in the dark for what that reason is. The superhero movies, characters that were inevitably invented by Jack Kirby in the 1960s or earlier, I have great love for those characters as they were to me uh, when I was 13-year-old boy. 
they were brilliantly designed and created characters, but they were for 50 years ago. I think this century needs deserves its own culture. It deserves artists that are actually going to attempt to say things that are relevant to the times we are actually living in. That's a long-winded way of saying I am really, really sick of Batman. How do you feel about that? I understand. I understand. I understand the frustration with recycled media of this gets brought into our new generation. This gets rebooted. And here he's talking about Batman, right? And dragging an old character into this generation, this time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he could, he may as well be talking about every time we get a movie that's re-released, even though the first one just happened not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to hear him go off on how many Spider-Man movies we've had yeah. in the past 10 years, right? Um, and, and to some degree, I totally understand and endorse what he's saying. Okay. I want new stuff. I want people to really provoke the depths of originality. Mm-hmm. Give me something I've never heard, yes. smelled, tasted, experienced. Yes. Give me something new. I get that. But at the same time, I think sometimes you have these opportunities to use these characters as vessels to deliver kind of a one-two punch. You're familiar with this, yes, but you're not familiar with this angle on it. Yeah. And I, I'm, I can get down with that. And, you know, I think about Batman and the series being run by Tom King right now. Mm-hmm. It's one of our books of the week yes. for today. Yes. I think Tom King is delivering something that is fresh and new and exciting and different. Yeah. And he's using Batman as a vehicle to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I understand what he's saying. I'm, I'm a little exhausted of people just spending so much time on old licenses yeah. without doing something really exciting. And it seems like that's really what he's speaking on. He's saying, I'm you done think with that's that. what he's speaking on, or is that's, he just talking trash? That's how I interpret that. That's I, how I interpret it. I think the way I'm taking it is he's making a good point. But at the same time, he's using that good point as a platform to trash a particular character. Well, why would he want to trash that character? What's I don't, in it for I him? don't, I don't know. But that's just the way it's coming across to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm really sick of Batman. It's I think, like, I think that feels more conceptual to me. Like what he's saying is a concept. I'm sick of Batman. Yes, in fact, I am sick of that particular character and mm-hmm. these stories. But what I'm saying is, I am sick of people dragging these old characters into the here and now and telling me that it's fresh. Here's the thing that he said that I agree with. I like the idea of saying this culture needs characters that represent. Yeah, it. dude. This this stuff that we're yes. bringing from from 50 years ago, we're bringing it up now to the current times, and we keep rehashing these old characters. Yeah. He's like, they were from when I was 13. Yeah. And I get it when you're when when you have been in this in this industry for so long. I'm assuming then you've worked with these characters and you've written these stories. You're kind of like even with the whole point of like retiring. That probably connects to the whole conversation about Batman. No doubt. It's probably like, look, I don't think that what I have to say fits this medium anymore. Because the things that I want to say and the places I want to go, you guys are so tethered to these 50, 75-year-old characters. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in creating and making things that are new that are based off of where we're at right now. And I really am into that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm into that. I think there's a lot of older ways that we do things that are very much connected to old stuff. So I also don't want us to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm with you. I'm totally there. I'm not saying let's get rid of everything and start everything new because there's great stuff from the past. I just think that 
it's important to continuously innovate and continuously look at right now and have the priority be, let's tell stories that are connecting to the people of right now. Yeah. Let's tell stories that represent right now, which is what we're always championing on the show. And, you know, that may well be exactly what he's doing with his novel, with Jerusalem. I haven't read it. Uh, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to read. One of the things that I love about comics is is the brevity and the impact of ideas in a short span of time. And yes. that that may well be speaking to the generation and our attention span. That That's entirely possible. Maybe in his older age, he says, I got more time on my hands. I'm more patient. I don't need to hurry these ideas through just... A, a couple of dozen of pages and panels, I can take more time and scroll this stuff into a screenplay, into uh, a novel. So I, I understand. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I think the idea that's embedded in there works for me. And, and my understanding is give us, give us something new, give us something fresh, give us something that represents where we are right now. No more trash. Don't give me trash. Don't give me, not trash though. Don't give me apocalypse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I want, I want some fresh takes. Some Give me Superman coming back. He left. What happens if Superman returns? Tell me how that goes. Wow. Tell me how that goes. Brian Singer, get on that job. Wow. Loved it. Anyway, five out of five stars. <laughs> All right. So that's our news for this week. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to that. Hey, if you guys have any... Uh, pieces of news that you want us to cover that you think that we would appreciate, you can shoot us a tweet at comic book junto on Twitter, or you can also send us um, an email comic book junto at barefoot.com. That's B three A R F R U I T.com. As you guys are out and about living your life, scrolling the interwebs, you come across something that you think we would like something that fits our show. Shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, hit us up. And, um, you know, we might be able to talk about that on the episode. Yeah. And we see when you do that, like, uh, I, I just want to name drop fizz versus the world. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate the hell out of you. Thanks for the five stars and a positive comment. You know it. And, uh, when Nighthawk was canceled, one of the first ways that I discovered this was a tweet from fizz and effectively saying, uh, I know what Adam and Octavius are going to be talking about. Yeah. And it's you. You are right, and uh, I, I appreciate when you have an eye for that sort of thing. A sense that that's something that we are going to want to talk about. So if you think there's something that we haven't heard, send it our way. Yeah, yes, sir. So this is our next portion of the episode, which is our talk back segment, and this is where we take questions from you guys and we talk back to you. So if you have any questions you want to hit us with. Again, shoot us an email, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com, or you can send us a tweet using hashtag AskCBJ, um, and we can uh, see those questions, and we might answer your question on the show. Mm-hmm. So, let's do that. All right, so we have a uh, tweet coming in to us right now uh, from Smug Z. Smug Z says, favorite Travis Scott song. All right, we haven't talked about it yet, I don't think, but... Octavius and I are spending a lot of time listening to Birds in the Trap sing McKnight. That is correct. Which is Travis Scott's second major release, his second full-length album. That is right. And it is, I mean, it's fantastic. Yes. It's incredible. It's absurd. Yes. Uh, So, Smugzy wants to know, what's our favorite Travis Scott song? He also wants to know, favorite color of Gatorade. Uh, not flavor then, favorite color <laughs> no color and then he he clarifies no comic questions for me this time that's okay i'm so happy to talk about <laughs> hip-hop and and power juice and listen if the, you guys don't have to just send us comfortable questions you can send us whatever you yes, want whatever you know whatever you want to ask us we'll, we'll take a shot at it 
All right. Uh, since we're talking about Travis Scott and his new album, we talk about hip hop a lot. Somebody says we should just do a rap show. And Somebody said that. Yeah, who yeah. said that? I saw that on I saw that on Twitter. I'm gonna have to verify who said that. But huh. you're not wrong. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, because I mean. Octavius and I both love that genre. That's right. We spend a lot of time in comics. We spend a lot of time in hip hop. And hip hop and comics are connected in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Uh, So I've been listening to Birds in the Trap a lot. I love this album front to back. I loved his first album, Rodeo. If if you're not a rap fan, you know, this is the sort of stuff that I would recommend to you because it's some of the best stuff happening. It's thoughtful. It's well-produced. It's interesting. Thoughtful? I think I think some of these some of the tracks are thoughtful. Yeah, like what? I mean, it's not like Kendrick Lamar thoughtful. That's what thoughtful is to me. But I'm like, I I think some of it is is thoughtful in the sense that it has been constructed in a way that is not uh, um, uh, dispensable. It's like <laughs> let, let me just churn out this radio jam. You, we're done here. I would say that the content in the sense of like his lyrics, yeah, are not thoughtful. Okay. They're, they're, so they're, I'll say pro- the production, but the production, the production is amazing, extremely yeah. thoughtful, very high quality, amazingly done. I mean, that's like, I hear a lot of people complaining, right? A lot of people complaining about mumble rappers. They're complaining about how music, which is kind of hot right now, how hip, how hip hop, you can't really understand what the artists are even saying. Yeah. Future things very, designer. Things are very repetitive and yeah. so and so and so. And back in my day, bars, bars, bars. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Rich homie Quan, Biggie. Looking at you, man. Tupac. Yeah. Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? Like all of those characters from back in the day, like even going back further, Rakim, KRS-One. Yeah, I mean, like, like let's let's think about Nas. Public Enemy, let's think Nas. About, let's think about Illmatic and what Illmatic was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like having an album like that now, that doesn't really happen. That's when we have Kendrick Lamar. Well, but this is the thing that I want to point out. Yeah. Those bars were fantastic. Yeah. And bars are still dope. Yeah. But here's the thing you got to remember, old heads who are saying this and, and youngins who are saying this. Maybe the bars were different back then and the bars aren't there now. However, comma, what we do have now that you didn't have back then is production that's out of this freaking world. Yeah. You don't hear anything like Birds in the Track, Sing McKnight. No. Back around the time where Biggie and Pop, besides maybe Outkast. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, I'm actually, that's a really good point. Outkast like, would, would probably be so the standard for, or like Pharrell when he was doing stuff with clips. I mean, like things were pretty interesting then too. Yeah. But that was about it. Yeah, I just think that we gotta remember that music continues to evolve and develop over time. And there's gonna be yeah. waves and there's gonna be times where some things are valued more than the others. I think that music hip hop right now is very melodic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it's very dance hall. And it's and a, and a lot of it is about the vibe and the feel. That's yeah. what my buddy Rob. I, I learned that concept from my buddy Rob. He's like, it feels good. Yeah, you know, you hear you hear a song. You're not necessarily listening to what they're saying. So a lot of the mumble rappers, to me, this totally turns into a hip hop podcast right now. But you know, this is what it is. Um, a lot of the mumble rappers. The reason why it's working is because they are mumbling melodically. Yeah, they're going with the vibe of the production. So it, a lot of hip hop is produ- production led. You know, and the artists are combining very well with the the melody of the music, and as a result, it feels real good. So we have your young thugs. You know, mm-hmm. we have your futures. We have your designers. You know what I'm saying? Like we have Twenty One Savage. We have all these 
like even Lil Boat. Like, uh, and these are all these are all the artists that I know. A lot of people who are listening right now are going, "Oh, oh yeah. my gosh!" Yeah. But I think that there's an argument, and even Travis Scott to a certain extent. Oh, absolutely. There's something about the argument is though, what they're doing is still a gift and a talent mm-hmm. that you can't do. Yeah, it, you might be able to come with your bars, but you can't Travis Scott better than Travis Scott can. Do you see that, John, on Vox about Kanye West and the way Kanye West changed? Hip hop yes. and his music. Yes, I did. Uses voices and like the human voice is mm-hmm. the most powerful instrument. Mm-hmm. And, like that's the sort of thing because I, and I think the video wrapped up with somebody saying like nobody's saying that Kanye is the best rapper alive. Con- Kanye, Kanye won't say that. Kanye he's the says best. that he's his he doesn't have the greatest voice. He's like even Kanye will point out that he doesn't have the greatest voice. But but what he does is he has this keen sense to incorporate the human voice in ways that you haven't heard before. Yeah, to produce something that is. Like really, really, genuinely original. Yes, and dope. So there's value in bars. There's, I mean, Nas album done on. Yeah, DJ Khaled's. I got the keys. Those. I was like, yo, I miss this. Lauren Hill. I miss this right here. Like this is what I I want. When you hear Kendrick Lamar or J Cole, you're like, yes. But at the same time, you listen to Travis Scott, and I'm like, yes, and it's mostly because of the production and how he's able to ride the beat. So getting back to the actual question, favorite song off yeah. of birds in the track, uh, sing McKnight for me, goosebumps. Yeah. That, and that's the one with Kendrick Lamar on it. Yes. Is it, is it because Kendrick's cameo or is it something else? Well, I was listening to the live stream on that wave radio when Travis was playing it yeah. live. And as I was listening to the song, the production came on, like the beat came on and I was like, Oh my, I get those goosebumps every time. I'm like, I was rocking with it. I was just yeah. in that, listening to it like, yo, this thing is crazy. And then when I heard that other voice come on, I was like, who is that? Yeah. Wait, is that Kendrick? And like cartoonish voice creeps in. I was yeah. like, it, and it I don't just. I catch my line yet. I'm it, like, it, oh. It was, it, I mean, I think that Kendrick was an added bonus. I was already going, this is my favorite song I've heard so far. Yeah. And, you know, Kendrick was the added piece. For me, I was really blown away by the first track on the album, The Ends. Because, like, I really like the way that the album begins, and I really like listening to Travis. It's a little stripped down, but it was, okay, I got it, got it. And it's just, like, the the beat dropping in like that. And then, that for you, the Kendrick cameo that's kind of icing on the cake, Mm -hmm. Andre. 3,000. Andre. That and it, he's like, making his rounds. He's really making his rounds. He's getting sampled on Young Thug. Uh, he's I mean, he's he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and or no, no, he was sampled on Vince Staple on Prima Vince Staples, yes. yeah. But he shows up on Young Thug's album. He showed up on Frank Ocean's album. On Frank Ocean. Yeah, gosh, we we we're spoiled with shit right now. There's a lot of stuff. I, going there's on. so much stuff to listen to. Um, but the ends when Andre Three Thousand came in, I he's back. Andre 3000 is back. And that, I don't know if it's because I love the track or because the track made me feel like Outkast is definitely coming out of the new album. Because I just got this feeling. I, I Like, I, I got yeah. this feeling in the air. Like, I this hope must be Have it. we heard? I mean, I think we might get 3000 to come out with a project. I don't know what I'm Lucia's left foot is doing right now, but I've, I feel like now would be a good time. Now would be a good time to get some new Outkast material. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not picky. I'm not trying to overreach. I'm happy for what we have. But Andre three thousand on that first track on the ends mm-hmm. that begins this album on the right foot, mm-hmm. and I really, really enjoyed it. I, f- I feel like it kind of lays down that feeling really well. 
All so, right. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Favorite color, Gatorade. Red. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how I'm going to tell you. If you ask me if I want a Gatorade, I'm going to say red. Yeah. What flavor Gatorade do you want, Adam? Red. <laughs> I don't even know what flavor it is, to be honest. I, I, you know what? Red. I don't know what flavor. Is it cherry? I, is it I don't think it's, it's not strawberry. No. It's red. I, I don't know what it is. It's coolant. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it's made out of. You know, like... When it comes to Gatorade, for me, the default, like when I see Gatorade in my mind, it's red. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's yeah. a bunch of different colors, but it's red. But I think the one that I like, I don't even know what flavor it is. It's orange fierce. It's like a fierce, the fierce branded. Fluorescent orange. But it's like this kind of, yeah, fluorescent orange. It's actually. fluorescent orange. Yeah. And I don't even know what flavor it is. I just know it when I see it. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah, hey, give me that one that looks like a reflector. On like the back of a, a remember bike. safety patrols. Remember when safety patrols was out there and they yeah, had yeah, the, yeah. The, the the things on. I want to I want to Gatorade the color of the safety patrol. Give me traffic guard. The, you know the that? traffic guard crossing with, guard. Give me that crossing guard. You Gatorade. know when they like you know wave you by and they do construction. Give me Gatorade the color of the, of the baton. Let me get that pylon. Let me get that traffic cone. Yeah. Five greatest rappers in the game. Pylon, what? pylon, pylon, <laughs> pylon, pylon. I can't wait to listen back to this podcast. I cannot. Internet, full disclosure, we do these podcasts and we just go for it. There's oftentimes we leave, we go, was that any good? No. And then I listen back to it. I'm like, yo, this is funny. This is all right. This is all right. Yeah. And you guys keep showing up. So we appreciate y'all. Yeah. So red, red all around. And then also that fluorescent orange. Fluorescent. All yeah. right. So we're going to stop the uh, talk back there for this week. We've I got more. Right. We've got more questions, but yeah. please keep sending questions. Please give pleep. Keep giving us feedback. All right. Comic book junto at barefoot.com. Send your questions there. Hashtag ask CBJ on Twitter. Give us your questions there. Also, Please do leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. That way we can hear your feedback, hear what you think. We can read those, and we try to read those during our talkback segment as well. Did you say Ask CBJ? I think so. Um, what day is it? <laughs> it's Wednesday. Wait. Wait Happy Brown Bag Day to you. This is the point where we're looking at our pull list. Oh, I just got back from the comic book shop because it's Wednesday and they new comics come out every Wednesday. Feels my like friends. deja vu. Happy Brown Bag Day. There's a glitch in the matrix. Uh, this is the part of the show where we walk through our pull list, the books that we picked up for the week. We done did this a couple days ago. We're going to do it again. And uh, I then <laughs> I bring all my books with me. <laughs> All right. Listen to that crinkle. Fresh out the oven. All right. So I'll go first. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> with my uh, uh, pull list. So That's I got cool. Paper Girls number <laughs> Paper Girls number nine. The Walking Dead 157, the yes. special variant cover, which is fantastic. I got The Walking Dead 158, special variant cover. I got Eclipse. Shout out to Simba Sparks. Oh, shout out to Simba Sparks because Simba Sparks got married. He went on his honeymoon with this his man. wife. This man. And he brought us back fantastic gifts. Yes, he did. This man went on his honeymoon and he bought pint glasses for Octavius and I. I got an Iron Fist pint glass. And I got a Power Man pint glass. Simba, I can't, I can't even. I can't even with you. I appreciate you. I, I, you smart. You loyal. Yeah, he said he went to a comic book store out in Dallas. Keith's. And Keith's. they had a whole 
uh, a whole Power Man Iron Fist area. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm like, did you take a picture? Yeah. I need to see what that looks like. Oh, you want a picture now? I bought you a pint glass, but now you want a picture? I'm sorry. You ain't even come back with no picture? <laughs> Give me this pint glass. Thank you, uh, uh, Kenny Sparks. Thank you yeah. so much. Shout out to him. And he suggested Eclipse, so I picked that one up as well. Alters, number one. Yeah. Uh, Nightwing, number four. Cyborg Rebirth, number one. Interested in getting in this. Mm-hmm. Seeing what this is about. That's a book about Curtis? Yeah. <laughs> it's about 50 Cent getting shot nine times and then needing, um, you know, uh, to have his body remade. On the first page, Cyborg gets the magic stick. Wow. <laughs> On the second page. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know he, what that means. In the second page, he goes to the candy shop? He goes to the candy shop. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> All right. And then books of the week, Batman, uh, number six, Kill or Be Killed, number two. Yeah, uh, I also picked up our books of the week. Of course, I picked up Batman number six and Kill or Be Killed number two. I also picked up Nowhere Men number 11. I'm very excited about that one. And Paper Girls nine, which is fantastic. By the way, uh, Brian K. Vaughn also has his uh, online books uh, through Panel Syndicate. It's pay what you want. You can download them for free if you like them. Tells a couple of bucks their way. Go to Panel Syndicate's website. And he came out with a new issue of a comic he's doing with Marcos Martin. And it's called The Barrier. And Barrier 2 is out. I highly, highly, highly encourage all of our listeners to check out that book. It's only online. If you got an iPod, you can look... iPod? The hell? If you got an iPhone 7, you can look at it on your iPhone 7. What about iPhone 7 Plus? If you look on it on your phablet, I don't care. <laughs> don't matter to me. Uh, look at you. Look at you. Over there. Fablet. Oh, your fablet. Uh, yeah, Barrier is great. And I, I point that out because Paper Girls is is by Brian K. Vaughn and um, uh, Cliff Shang. And Barrier is amazing. And we, we're not doing any digital-only stuff right now. Uh, maybe we'll transition to some of that stuff when the time is right. Because with the private eye on Panel Syndicate, you've heard me say before, it's amazing and Barrier is excellent. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And you can literally download it for free and try it out and then toss a couple of bucks their way. So that's what's up. Boom. All right. So let's get into books of the week. Yeah. Um, let's start with Batman number six. Batman number six. Oh, before we get into it. Oh, yeah. Tell let me. me let me just go ahead and, and offer some, some reverie and some regard to the Blackout Congregation. In this point in the show, we are going to do a deep dive into both Batman 6 and Kill or Be Killed 2. If you have not picked them up or read them, we highly recommend you do that if you want to join us for the Junto. Because at this point in time, we're going to analyze them and get into plot details. And man, we are going to spoil the whole damn thing for you if you haven't read it yet. So read it first. Three, two, one. It's your fault. Batman 6. Yes. This is, it seems like an epilogue for uh, the first story arc from Tom King. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, what, what just happened? We had Gotham, the superhero Gotham. Gotham. Is, is D-E-D dead. Yeah. And uh, we're, this is kind of like the in-between comic. Yeah, I, I definitely got that one right. D-E-D dead. Did you get that from Atlanta? For, uh, no, I don't know. Is that in Atlanta? Yeah. With uh, 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 Childish Gambino? Yeah. No. All right, because I'm in my home over here like, is that how you spell dead? D-E-D deceased. So okay. we're starting this book with Gotham ha- ha- has been killed. His sister, Gotham Girl, 
she put him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Batman in the last episode, in the last episode, last issue was you know trying to go toe to toe with him and trying to like talk him out of it, and he wasn't able to do it, and it just got to the point where Gotham Girl came through and shut it down. Hugo Strange is on the lamb. Psycho pirate on the lamb. We don't know where they on the are. lamb. Like at the end of the fade video. <laughs> yeah, on the not that lamb. Okay, different lamb. Got you. Yeah, um, they they they're missing. I don't know where they are right now. And uh, we see Gotham Girl or Claire, as it were, mm-hmm. and she's she's kind of losing her cookies, man. She's yeah. cracking up. Yeah, she's uh, shaving so her head. Doing start the- with Monday. She's talking to somebody, and it seems like she's talking to Hank, which is her brother. Yeah. So she's having this full conversation with Hank, and you know, telling this kind of joke. And she says, "Why don't you ever see Batman hiding in trees? Because he's so good at it." While she's shaving her head, and she starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> so the beginning of the book, you're just kind of like, "What is?" going on here like what's what's happening yeah um and even continuing with that she is flying around dressed up as gotham girl with the shaved head new look and she runs up on colonel blimp yes who's flying around in a giant blimp demanding 30 million he stole a submarine that's he got a submarine dangling from a blimp and he says sorry gotham i got your submarine again you know i mean it's like colonel blimp what what is gotham like i love like is love batman the villains in this issue let's get batman sitting on a gargoyle going freaking colonel blimp colonel blimp you got stealing. the pirate like why would you use a blimp to steal a submarine everything about this works i love it though so i'm not right. mad there's a, it, it kind of it just touches on that i'm a little, not even mad it's a little hat tip to the campy nature of gotham you and know? i love and he's he's wearing this super like flu, like fluorescent fuchsia purple he looked like outfit. a gatorade out here yeah he looks like a gatorade <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like they don't it's like they're not pulling any punches they're going yeah this guy's dressed up in a ridiculous costume yeah you know and i don't, and I, I wish i could sit down and talk to tom and go are you just you know where'd you pull this guy like why did you like i've never even heard of colonel blimp no. i don't know if he made it up or i don't know if it's an old character or what but um he's yeah. in here we got and, a pirate we also have a kite man kite yeah. man's got one of my favorite intros in comics ever Folks, take notes. You want to introduce a villain like Kite Man, you have him smash through a window and smash out. He's snatching pearls. He's literally snatching pearls. And he's flying through the window and he says, Kite Kite Man. Man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) He's so impressed with himself. And you know what? You you gotta be. Do you, brother? Yeah. So, um, Gotham Girl is... um, the whole time she's doing this and she's flying around and she's, you know, dealing with the, the bad guys. She's talking to her, talking to her brother. Yeah. And, you know, as you're reading it, you're like, wait, his her brother's dead, right? Yeah. Is he alive? Well, maybe she's just kind of, you know, cracking up a little bit and, yeah. you know, she's not, she's not doing well. And, you know, we see Batman kind of in the back hanging out by the bat signal watching watching her do all this stuff. Yeah, meanwhile, Duke is down in the Batcave, and he's watching. They're monitoring uh, uh, Gotham Girl's behavior. Yeah. And he's saying to Bruce, hey, hey. she's flying out there. She's doing her thing. We, we gotta be a part of this. Yeah, he's saying, like, you know, her brother's dead. Her parents dead. She's been driven half mad by Psycho Pirate. Batman, I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole time, every time... Duke is saying something. Duke goes, every time she uses her powers, she loses a bit of her life. Doing this this fighting, she's she's killing herself, Batman. I know. You know, yeah. so like Batman's like, I know everything. I know, I know, I know, Duke. I yeah. get it. I understand. You're not, you're not telling me any new news. You're not telling me anything new. If anything, it's kind of like you're you're 
You're annoying me. Mm-hmm. Like last thing, Batman, we have to save her. I know. So at this point, I'm reading this as Batman's going, I know what to do. I understand this. I got this. I got it handled. Stop talking to me. Yeah. And we've all been there where it's like, you know, you need to make a left. I know I need to make a left. Yeah. You know, well, you know, we're running late on. T- I know what time it is. Like, yeah. that's kind of how I'm reading it. Like Batman's like, but I think Duke is kind of maybe looking at it a little differently than Batman's. Because Duke shared some moments with Gotham Girl, with Claire, in the issue when she was really started cracking up, when she was really upset, when she was really scared. That's what it was. She was incredibly scared. Yeah. And Duke spent some time with her, huddled up in the Batcave. And yeah. Like, things, you're going to be okay. Things are going to be all right. So he's got this like sense of intimacy, I think. He really wants to see her taken care of, that she's going to be all yeah. right. Speaking of intimacy, we know Batman struggles with that. That's right. You know, Batman often sees himself... Well, at least from my perspective, he sees himself as on a pedestal above everybody. Yeah. If you're an alien from outer space with amazing like powers and intellect, Batman's I'm Batman. like, I'm smarter than you. I'm I can figure you out. I can deal with you. So it's almost like everyone he's to- he comes across as always tolerating yeah. a lot of people. And we get this amazing splash page on uh Thursday, the two two pages where we have Gotham Girl hovering above Gotham City, talking to Hank going at night. I mean, isn't it beautiful? Just looking at Gotham, almost like marveling, like she's looking at someone who she's, you know, has a crush on mm-hmm. or she's in love with, or you see someone across the room and you're like, oh man, you yeah. know? And it's it's interesting because that's a very Batman thing to do. It was at this point in the book when I started thinking, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. This This person has just suffered loss. And the way that she is coping with it, because not only is her brother dead, but her parents were murdered. Yes. So her parents were murdered in cold blood. And her, recently, this she just happened. It wasn't all like of this just happened all at once. Yeah. And, and she's got psycho pirate messing with her brain. Yeah. So she's like, t- her emotions are turned up to 11 because she's being manipulated or however long that's supposed to last. And she's flying around in the way that she copes with this. The way she mourns those losses is she's being a hero. Yeah. I'm saying that. What does that sound like? That that sounds like your boy. Batman. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and while she's still talking to Hank, she hears like, like it's, I really like the way they did it with the artwork where they show the faint words in the background. Yeah. And at first I was like, what is this? And you see Carl, Carl, I don't, I don't want to die. I'm like, what is that? Is that mm-hmm. someone else? She's talking to another, another like person or spirit or is Hank talking back to her or what's going on? But you come to find out it's her superhero. It's and I thought it was a really cool way of showing what it's like to kind of be Superman and have to deal with you're having your own moment, you're having your own stuff that you're wrestling with and you're dealing with, and in the back of your mind or in your ears, you hear work that's gotta be done. Right. And how can you ignore that? Yeah. So it, she decides to go and take care of that situation. With, te- with tears in her eyes. Yeah. Like we can't go past the fact that she's trying to cope and work through this. Yeah. With tears in her eyes. And as you're making the comparison to Batman, you wonder how many times has Batman gone to fight with tears in his eyes? Yeah. Like working with and thinking through some of this stuff. Very yeah. interesting. So she shows up and uh, it's not just her and, you know, this pirate. What's the name of the pirate? Uh, it's Captain Stingray. Captain- Wait, Stingray? Yeah, Stingray. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, so it's not just her and, and, and the villain and, and taking care of the situation, but Batman shows up himself. And he's he's on the scene trying to say like, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm here to help you. Yeah. You can help me. 
Gotham girl, we need to talk. Like, yeah. You know, in Batman fashion. Beautiful photo of him kind of standing above her too. Mm-hmm. And I don't I wonder if they're doing this on purpose. Oh, absolutely. But this he's is standing comics above are her visual language. Looking you know? down on her. Yeah. I, we need to talk. Yeah. And all of the photos he's looking down at her. You know what I'm saying? And uh it doesn't really phase her. It mm-hmm. seems like for a moment, maybe it's going to register and she's going to just snap to the situation and talk to Batman. But then she starts talking to her brother again. Mm-hmm. She's she's gone, man. She's far gone. Yeah. And it's at that point, which is really interesting, when Batman is thinking, I think this is the point when he asks Alfred. Yeah. Like, Alfred, when it happened, my, my mother and my father, when it happened, how did you help me? How did you help me? And <laughs> Alfred goes... Master Bruce, with all due respect, each night you leave this perfectly lovely house and go leaping off buildings dressed as a giant bat. Do you really think I helped you? Point taken. And that's like a real... That page really gives you like some insight into what Batman thinks of himself. Yeah. How he sees himself. Mm-hmm. I've got it together. I've got it figured out. I'm good. I'm a good guy. I'm... I'm I'm functioning fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I, I got it all together. And then Alfred, the guy who probably arguably knows him the best, is like, wait, are you serious? Yeah, you gotta be kidding me here. Wait. Are you wait, are you oh you're not joking? Like yeah. you really think my, you my, really think Superman Returns was that good, Bruce? <laughs> Re- I, did you really think I helped you? Yeah, like no, you, you know, I, you, you, in my, I have to work on my Alfred. My Alfred's not very good. I kind of just like I liked it. Like I just floated back into my regular voice after a while. I wasn't confident with. I that. thought it was good. It worked for me. No, nah. you just got to commit. Yeah, that, that, maybe that's what it is. Um, yeah. So then we, you know, we got Kite Man smashing through, stealing pearls. Hell yeah, pearls. And so w- what this book is turning into is Batman trying to come up with a way to impact and affect and help Gotham girl. Yeah. Cause he thinks he's got it figured out. Like, and that's so interesting because Batman knows everything and he's got a contingency yeah. plan for everything. He's figured everything out. Yep. That is so Batman to say, I've figured it out and I have a solution. And I, I think at this point in time, when he speaks to Alfred about this and he asks that question, he realizes that he has to change his approach. That what has worked for many people before isn't going to work for this woman who has just lost her entire family. And Batman sees the similarity now. Mm-hmm. I really think at this point in time, Batman sees the similarity. He's, I know what this feels like. He says something that I've never heard. And I, I'm going to choose to believe it. And I'm going to choose to read it the way I want to read it. Mm -hmm. Because we know that Batman does use manipulation. Batman does use different psychology and all that kind of stuff. He says, please. He's He's talking to her. And he goes, please. I'm not here to help you. I thought maybe you could help me like you're helping the city. Mm -hmm. I'm reading this like, what? Mm -hmm. He says, I need to know something. I need to know why you're helping the city. So as I'm reading this, I'm like, what's what's he talking about? Like, I don't understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, so as, as he's, as he's talking to her, she's talking about like, you know, Hank, you think Batman would understand, right? She's still talking to Hank. And ultimately it's like Batman takes his mask off and he goes, look, let me level with you. Let me hold, hold up. Let's just go back a second. Yeah. Batman takes his mask off. Yes. Batman standing in front of Gotham Girl takes his cowl off of his face and exposes who he really is. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, 
Huge. That is huge. Yeah. He don't do that. He, he, I feel like in some of the animated movies, the Justice League don't know who he is. Right. You know? Yeah. And for him to say, I need to talk to you as a person. And I think he says, my name is Bruce Wayne. Like, I'm Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I need to talk to you as a person. And he addresses her, not as Gotham Girl, but as Claire. Yeah. Because Claire goes, when it hurts so much when you're alone, helping Gotham, it makes it hurt less. Yeah. Like, this is Claire answering, why, like, why are you doing this? And you can imagine Batman is sitting there going, I know exactly I feel that. what you're talking about. So there's not like a choice is there. You just have to. So Batman goes, got, and he changes Gotham, and he goes, Claire, he takes his cowl off and goes, I, my name is Bruce Wayne. When I was 10 years old, a man murdered my mother and father in front of me. Before the police, when the sirens were, when they could only hear them, I held my mother's hand. It wasn't, it wasn't cold, but there was blood. My father was a good man, but I could never talk. He was very formal. So Batman's going through talking and explaining like... Stuff I've never heard him explain. And I feel like I know Batman from all these years of reading Uh Batman. Never heard him talk about his father being kind of aloof and very formal. And I wasn't able to talk to him. But my mother, I could talk to, you know, and like she was the only one. And now there's blood on his hand. And he's kind of like, he sounds like a kid. Like he's, he sounds very vulnerable and he's recounting this experience. And he goes, but I, but I just started. I, I talked even with the blood and the sirens. I talked. I talked to her. I had to. I still have to. So Batman's going, look, cowl off. I'm Bruce Wayne. I still talk to my mother. Yeah. Because I couldn't talk to my dad. The only time I really, like, was talking to her, blood, sirens, blood on my hands. I talked to her. And even to this day, I still speak to her. Like, that... I, that was like, I was getting choked up yeah. reading this because it's not just, oh, that's a comic book. Like, no, this is this is a character I've known for years. Mm-hmm. And these last page where Claire goes, I don't feel good. Batman, I know. Yeah. I miss him. I know. I just miss him. And she's crying, hugging him. And he goes, I know. And doesn't that just perfectly <laughs> reflect... The beginning of this issue, when Duke was trying to talk to Batman, yeah. and Batman said in a completely different tone, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Three times he said, I know. Yeah. Totally different. At that time, it was a little dismissive. Yeah. And it, like you said, he was just kind of tolerating. Yeah. Um, and now we have gone 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. Batman understands what's happening. I should say Bruce Wayne yeah. understands. And he sees an opportunity for him to console someone. It, that there is no solution. That the only thing that you mm-hmm. can do is be present and just hug that woman. Yeah, and I think that that's a genuine I know. And I think we saw a genuine thing happen there with Batman. Something that I don't really get to see from the time I read him. Because Batman yeah. often is very arrogant. Like, I really appreciate Tom King making this guy vulnerable, making this guy transparent because like we talked about Alan Moore talking about, Oh, these characters are old and that's the old da 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 da. Like yeah. this is the thing, the new Batman we need to see. Yeah. We need to see a Batman that goes, yeah, I'm probably the best amazing athlete you've ever seen. Yeah. I've got gadgets. Yeah. I got a million dollars, but I am close to your pain. Yeah. I still feel pain. I still swing from building to building with tears in my eyes. What? Yeah, that's big. What? That's big. Like, I've never heard of that. This is a Batman. I don't know. And this, you know what this is like? This is like 
your 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 mentor. This is like the person you look up to. Them kind of coming down off of their pedestal and sitting with you and go, I still cry. Yeah. I still hurt, but I still push through anyway. Mm-hmm. And that actually makes me go, and I can imagine Claire was like, you push through? Because I look up to Batman. Hank, we we look up to you. You're the epitome of what we wanted to be. We were trying and to be you. We were trying to be this strong, tough, and that's what I'm out here doing. I'm trying to be Batman. I'm trying to be this, I got it. I can white knuckle it. I can feel it. But I have tears in my eyes. And Batman goes, I still talk to her. Like that, it's, uh, it's okay. You can still do this. You can still push through this. But I want you to be, let me look to you eye to eye, masks off. You're, you're, you sound normal to me. She needed that. And, that, and I think I, even reading this comic book, I needed that for, to be reminded. Yeah, for me, that scene was gigantic. And, and uh, like you, I, I got a little misty. I, I, was, I was very surprised that this book, the epilogue of a plot, managed to be maybe one of my favorite issues in the series so far. Mm-hmm. And Tom King and Ivan Reese, the illustrator, the artist on the book, hats off. Cowls off. Cowls off. I'm, I'm just, I'm really astounded by what this book was able to balance. Wow. Man, that touched me. That was really, really big. The, the very last page is Batman approaching Amanda Waller. And Batman has decided he wants to get to the bottom of why Gotham Girl is the way she is. He wants to figure out where Psycho Pirate is. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know where Hugo Strange is. Mm-hmm. And it is revealed that just about all of this was a plan orchestrated by Bane. Now... Honestly, I was kind of like, huh? Yeah. Okay. I'll, so we're going to see I'll, how that I'll builds. I'll go with it. I want to see I'm, how that builds. I'm waiting for that to be unfolded because that was a big jump. Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing. The, the truth of Bane that sometimes people forget, if, if you're not familiar with Bane in the comics, is Bane is a genius. He is extremely, extremely brilliant. And he is a like an unbelievable, unparalleled strategist. Yes. So the idea of this plan being connected to him does seem far-fetched, but it would be someone like Bane who would be able to put complex motions uh, into gear. And a lot of times, all you think about when you think about is Bane is... You think that darkness is your ally, um, or it go I back? Was born in it. Go back to or the you think just a giant, huge, Bane. muscular, yeah, yeah. serial just, killer who just gets all juiced up, turns yeah, into just, a, a balloon. But that's but that's not that's that not him. all there is to Bane. No. Uh, so he, Batman is approaching Amanda Waller, and Amanda Waller, man, she she's got stones, and she says, "You you want this information from me? Mm-hmm. You work." for me. That's so Amanda Waller. That is so. She doesn't bow down to Batman. She She doesn't bow down to anybody. She is a G. Yes, she is. And she's explaining, if you want to get a hold of Psycho Pirate, you have to, and you need to get a hold of Bane, you have to, uh, what is it? He uh, Capture a... a You have to invade a powerful sovereign country, break into the most secure, depraved prison in the history of man, and then somehow pry a lunatic out of the hands of a monster. Of a monster. The monster men are coming. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that, she also alludes that potentially Batman would have to ally with the Suicide Squad yeah. with her word usage. She says, and we know ha- that. Yeah, but I have to admit the plan's fairly risky. You go. You probably don't come back. Very One suicide might even squad. say it's suicide. That is very Suicide Squad. We know Justice League and Suicide Squad are in cahoots for an event coming in October. And it looks like we are approaching that now. Tom King, Ivan Reese. Dang. Shout out to y'all. You did it. You guys five stars and a positive comment from me. 
Yeah, yeah, this was this was a damn good book. But thank you guys for the five stars and the positive comment. We appreciate that. Yeah, of course, it's mutual. It's mutual. Now, our second book of the week for this week is rather different, isn't it? Yes. Kill or Be Killed, number two. We are going in a different direction here. This is this is uh, intense. That's, yeah. that's one way to put it. Yeah, this is intense. Uh, in Killer Be Killed, number one, uh, this book is coming to us from Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, uh, and Elizabeth Breitweiser. Um, in Killer Be Killed, one, we, met, we meet Dylan. He is the uh, subject of the story. To call him a protagonist is sort of difficult, and we'll find out why in a moment. Uh, and Dylan is really down on himself, down on his, his, his life, tries to commit suicide, does not succeed, survives. Can't even kill yourself right. And that's basically how he's looking at it. And then going to sleep and out of the shadows of his closet, a very literal demon comes out and says, hey, here's how this shakes out. You tried to kill yourself and I'm giving you a second chance, but you owe me. Mm. And the only way that I'm going to keep you alive is if you trade the life that I didn't get. So you have to kill someone once a week. Is that right? Uh, I know there's some sort of frequency. Yeah, so you got to kill somebody, and that's going to be the swap. You kill somebody, and then you get to stay alive. If you do not kill someone and give me a life, then I'm going to kill you. And we we're it's effectively proven to us that that is true. That is taking place. That Dylan gets incredibly ill on the verge, the door of death. Yeah, uh, and and is forced to kill someone. And so in the second issue, this is the point, the the issue in which we see Dylan deciding how he's going to choose who he kills. Right. Someone who has never murdered any anyone before is deciding now. I'm going to take someone's life, and how to how do I decide? How to do that. Um, what do you think of this issue? I thought, I mean, I, I, I'm loving this book. I am enjoying reading it. I am excited to see where it goes. I think that it's a very interesting, very interesting look at um, being good versus being bad. Yeah. Which yeah. is always a fun conversation for me. And it is an interesting look at it. And it's, it's a very unclear look at it like this is a fuzzy book mm. and I, I recommend this book as well and i'm also going to say just a little warning to folks this is challenging stuff yeah okay so i'm not i'm not going to say you know um i i don't know if i want to issue a trigger warning per se but there's some stuff in here that is pretty challenging not the least of which is uh some things that touch on sexual abuse mm-hmm. uh and you know, just the fact that y- you've got to think about morality yeah, and who is superior. And if you're coming down to it, I mean, the name of the book is Kill or Be Killed. Yeah. And when you're thinking in, li- in line of kill or be killed, that is as polar as it gets. This is black or white. Mm. Either I take or I am taken. Um, this book is pretty wild. And Dylan is starting the book loading a gun, finding the person that he's about to kill, aiming the gun at the person, and telling a story about the hunchback. Yeah. And the story of the hunchback is this fairy tale in which someone thought that they... Someone killed this hunchback. Right. And thought, oh, God, I don't want to get pegged for this. So they passed the corpse. So they passed the corpse to somebody else and then convinced that person that that person killed the hunchback. Mm-hmm. And, that and it just, keeps going and going yeah. and going and going. And people are literally passing this dead body around and convincing themselves or each other that they are the person responsible. Right. And then the very end of the, the, the fairy tale, as it turns out, 
the hunchback is not dead mm -hmm. and none of them did it. Right. And the king of the land is so delighted by how absurd the story is that everyone is absolved. And everything's okay. And, and everything's they, all right. And he gives them all kinds of riches. Right. Here's and, some money. And it seems like what that story was meant to show is that if you do the right thing, good things happen. Yeah. And people are actually good and so on, so and so. But the main character is going, I don't buy it. Yeah. What I think that this story shows is that people really want to get away with it. Yeah, that, exactly. Like, he's like, he th I think that last part was put in there just to kind of like twist it to make kids be like, oh, this is what I should do. But at the end of the day, really, he's like, really what I think yeah. is that it shows that if I can get away with it, I'll get away with it. Yeah. Uh, he says it's the greatest story of all time, not uh, not just because it's inventive or because it's uh, ancient and still makes you laugh. He's entertained by it. Mm -hmm. uh, he says it's because it tells us a very simple truth about people. They all want to get away with it. So this is effectively Dylan saying, yeah, I'm trying to get away with it right now. Do you now. believe that? And not only that, but he's trying to identify the people who are bad people. Hmm. He's trying to identify the people who want to get away with it, and he wants to kill that person. Yeah. So, yeah, what we have but that's is... that's also kind of like creating a situation where he's a, he's a good person. Yeah. And he's trying to justify something that he knows is not right. Yeah, he's placing himself above someone else. I yeah. can kill you because you're a bad guy. Because you're bad, but I'm I'm good and I, I'm actually doing I'm doing a good thing by killing the bad people. Yeah, so we have this winding tale of him trying to find a gun. He's trying to figure out how to get a murder weapon. Mm -hmm. He wants to do it with a gun. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not gonna stab somebody or kill somebody with my bare hands. That's right. ridiculous. Right. And he's got look all this, these all these prerequisites. This soon to be and, killer. Yeah. This man's got standards. High standards. Yeah. I'm going to kill someone with my bare hands. What am I, an animal? And trying to find a gun eventually leads him back to the house that he grew up in. Yeah. he has In the attic guy. of his dad. He has this moment where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I know where I can find the gun. And it's very, I thought it was very interesting because I don't know if you can relate, Internet. I think we've all had those moments where you don't think about anything like your entire life and something triggers something, triggers something, and reminds you of this moment when you were a child or in elementary school or, you know, middle school or you were at that movie or you ate that piece of food or and just all these memories come flashing back to you. Yeah. I use says, that as a they use that as a way to kind of take us back to tell us these stories. Dylan narrates, I was smiling because I just had one of those moments where some random childhood memory pops into your head. And now I knew exactly where I could find a gun. And exactly where is in the attic of his mom and dad's house. His dad is dead. His dad killed himself years ago. And his dad was an illustrator who apparently was ashamed of his craft because his dad made money making porn. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he, he drew porn and, uh, it was all kinds of like weird sci-fi stuff. And when he was a kid, Dylan and his friends would go through the boxes yeah. and look at all of the pictures that they could find. And one day they're looking through the pictures and they found a revolver and Dylan had that memory. Oh, I wonder if that revolver is still there. Yeah. Lo and behold, yes, it is. So he goes back home and he gets the gun and he borrows his mom's car. Dylan's got some money. He's hop on a train and go all the way home. Yeah. Well, he, he got the septic key. Ah, uh, okay. He got the septic key. Is that, I think that's what that is. He got the major 
except the key. Uh, and he, uh, he borrows his mom's car. He's got a gun and he's thinking about who he's going to kill. Cause at this point he hasn't narrowed it down. He's just looking for a weapon and he has this other memory. He remembers looking through those boxes, through those naked pictures and, and, and porn and stuff that his dad worked on with a friend of his, his friend's name is Teddy. And when they're little kids and Teddy had suggested in the moment when they're little kids going through the pictures, he says something sexual, like, Hey, Hey, we should do something sexual. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think Dylan just kind of brushes it off. Yeah, at that moment, I think Dylan, as a kid, is just kind of like, "Why would you nah, do that? No, nah, it doesn't make any sense." Yeah. Anyway, but as a child, he's not able to really reg. It doesn't really register what he's saying. Yeah. And the his friend at the time goes, "No, nah, me and my brother do it all the time." Yeah. So you, as the reader, are going, well, "I remember reading it because Adam had read it before me." It was abrupt, and I looked up at Adam like, "What?" And Adam goes, "Keep reading." Yeah. Because it was it just like th- that moment in the book is like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" But that's when the tumbler starts clicking coming. into place because Dylan says Teddy's brother was a teenager. Mm. Teddy was being raped. Right. Teddy was being molested, and. Teddy died. Teddy's life shook out in some way, whether it was a direct consequence of, of sexual assault when he was a kid or, or something, maybe something indirect, but Teddy dropped out of school yeah. and Teddy froze to death in a doorway. That is rough. That is rough. Exactly. And everybody talked about how much they missed Teddy. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Teddy's brother is still alive. And now Dylan says, mm-hmm. I know who I'm going to kill. Right. And this is kind of the crux, I think, of this issue where Dylan is going back and forth. He's vacillating between that decision. Mm-hmm. Is this a good idea or is this not a good idea? I mean, he literally says, is, is speaking on Teddy's brother, is he bad enough? Yeah. Like very if, interesting question. Yeah. And he says, what, like, what if he changed his ways? What if he got help or something? And, and he's reformed now. I mean, he was just a kid too, sort of. But then he says, no, that's stupid. You don't grow out of being a pedophile. And he starts convincing himself the mm-hmm. other way. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, I'm starting to realize Dylan is a little unhinged. He's shaky on his decision making. And he's and I think that even the writers are posing interesting questions. And the question that I'm walking away with is like, how much poison does it take? To, to be poison, all bad. To, to poison a glass of water. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this whole idea of like, you know, good versus bad. And like, if that's the case, like if you take that analogy, well, you know, you don't grow out of being a molest, you know, to, to molest somebody and all that kind of stuff. Like, and this person's got to die. Well, you're going to be the one who's going to kill them. You're going to so, choose so, to be the judge. So, so you can decide that this guy hasn't grown. This guy hasn't developed. This guy hasn't changed, and he's he's irredeemable. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he has to die. But you're going to kill him, and you're going to justify that. Yeah, you know what's interesting. So you and him are not the same. You guys are different. For this book, it's really interesting to me is the way that it starts picking apart the uh, crime fighting vigilante, like citizen vi- vigilante trope of comics. Because I think back to like Punisher, mm-hmm. right? Punisher yep. is. He's got this thing where Punisher is just righting the wrongs that no one else is courageous enough to do it. Mm -hmm. But Captain America, you're going to beat somebody to a pulp and have them arrested. Why not just take it another step? Yeah, Daredevil. 
Yeah, Daredevil. I mean, you have the scene between Daredevil and, and Punisher in the most recent season on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have that conversation. And I'm thinking about that. And when we don't ask that many questions, we don't put it under a, a, a microscope. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm with I'll you. I'll take it. I got you. And with Dylan... I'm seeing someone trying to convince himself that he's ready to do that. I'm seeing him approach the point in time when he's saying, yes, I'm right. Yeah. And then shake back to saying, oh, wait, wait. But because he right? doesn't want to do it. And I think internally he knows this is not okay. And it's, he's being, well, frankly, here's what it comes down to. He's being selfish because he just wants to live. And that's the whole thing. Like he wants that, to survive. That's the whole point. Like, is that okay? Is this the kind of, is this the kind of thing that we need? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just going to go out on limb and say it. Dylan, in my opinion, you take, you take your death. Yeah. It's, it's not okay for you to go out and start killing people and now justifying it. Like you tried to kill yourself. And of course we're in a comic book world. This is not real. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you're in a situation where it's like, well, my consequences have put me here. Do I now go take it upon myself to harm someone else so that I can have, you know, if I live yeah. my life and because my life, because the decisions I make, I'm in a bad spot. Do I go take from someone who is quote worse than me yeah. so that I can have, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. And I think that the way they're presenting this is very interesting. And I am very interested to see how this continue to, continues to unfold. Because I don't think that the writers are fully showing their hand yet. Agreed. You know, it's kind of like, okay, walk with me through Epic. Because, you know, the shadow monster came out of nowhere. It was yeah, like, that, what? That really took us by what surprise. The, what is even going on? But I liked it. Mm -hmm. So even with Kill It Be Killed number two, when we're, we're going to like, and he actually kills this person, and he comes home and the girl was there, his roommate, and they were mm -hmm. supposed to talk. And, you know, he says, I kind of, I got to admit. I enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah. Because we know from the beginning of issue one, at least we think we know where this ends up. But the interesting point going to what you were saying about not trusting him. Yeah. He talks about when he pulled the gun and he points it at him. He says, this is for Teddy. Mm -hmm. Or remember Teddy. Or Actually, maybe I maybe I just said Teddy, or maybe I didn't say anything. Yeah. But I don't remember what I said. Exactly. And it's kind of like, well, hold up. Yeah. I don't know if I can trust this guy's narration. I think this is a really important device in this comic, and and not something I can think of in other comics we've read for books of the week, where suddenly we're being presented with a narrator of a story, narrating their story, their own story, their story, their version, their version, and. Can we trust this person for the full truth? Can we trust what we're reading and say, yes, this, this encapsulates everything. This explains everything. This is the comprehensive truth. Now we're reading this story and we're having this situation where we literally see our narrator, Dylan, say, I can't really remember how this went down. But just, just go with it. And also the fact that the way that he delivers the story to us is usually in a weird pace. In the first issue and in the second issue now, he starts the story and then stops himself and say, oh, hold up, hold up. I'm wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Let me wind it back. So here's a person who doesn't have it all together, who's working on presenting something to us and doesn't have all of the pieces together, doesn't have the certainty of knowing that, yep, yep, we're good here. Everything about here, everything that I'm saying is correct. Yeah. And now we're being led to think like, I, I'm led to think, I 
don't think I can trust this narrator. Mm -hmm. I don't think, and that's why I say it's hard for me to call this person the protagonist because I don't think I have trust in this character. I don't know who I'm going to end up caring about. I'm waiting for a twist. I'm waiting for a twist too. That first issue, that I, I don't want to call it a trick with the demon, but it, it that was a hell of a device. What if the demon's not even there? It's entirely possible. I'm waiting for a twist. It's entirely possible. There's so many elements of this. Either way, this is really compelling stuff. And again, I have to reiterate, if you're reading this book and you're not expecting much other than Brubaker, Sean Phillips, they usually do cr crime noir. They've gotten into really surreal, interesting stuff lately, like with Fatal. There's a lot of supernatural stuff. Um, Killer Be Killed is challenging. Mm -hmm. Straight up. Yes. And I think there's a straight lot. Straight up, straight up. Uh, there's... I think there's a lot going on under the surface of this book, and I'm really intrigued to get there. But, yo, what a departure from Batman. Yeah. Am I right? So Good Killer stuff. Be Killed also has a uh, an essay in the back. Highly, highly, highly recommend checking out the essay. This essay is from Devin Farasi, and it's about old boy and the futility of revenge. First things first. I'll eat your brain. No, but really. First <laughs> things first. If you haven't seen Old Boy, go teeth and fangs. If you have not seen Old Boy, don't read this essay yet. Don't do it. See Old Boy. Go watch that movie because the that original is a, joint. Yo, that is a hell of a movie. Not the Spike Lee joint. Not that I'm anti Spike Lee joint, but the Spike Lee joint not as good. Not as good the original. Yeah, the Park Chan Wook one, and that's a great. That's a really, really, really powerful movie. Uh, maybe one that you only watch one time around, but that's a powerful movie. You're not going to remember or forget that anytime soon. And the essay in the back is about uh, the idea of revenge and how maybe revenge is not actually a concept that holds water. Hmm. And uh, I thought that was great. I love the essay in the back. The comic was awesome as well. So all around, this is what is how much is this this comic book? Three ninety nine for a hell of an experience. This is good stuff. So, yeah. Brubaker, Phillips, Brightweiser, thank you. So we're going to stay with that? Oh, yes. All right. So books of the week for next week. There's a lot going on. Uh, last time on Comic Book Junto, when we first recorded this episode, we realized that we have a full plate. Yeah. So here's what we got for next week. These are the books that we've been reading for books of the week that are coming up next week. All-Star Batman number two. Mm -hmm. Black Panther number six. Mm -hmm. Civil War two number five. It goes on. Spider-Man, number eight. Okay, so that's basically all the books of the week. <laughs> yeah, like, all of them? We do a lot of those for books of the week. All of those are books of the week material. Uh, and we would like to do justice. I mean, we usually do two books for time. Here's how I feel about it. What, what do you think? We have to do them. We can't not do them because I know if I was listening to the show, I'd be let down. Yeah, because if, if, my, if my favorite book doesn't get covered or get... Like, I mean, we've been reading Black Panther. We've been staying with Civil... I mean, like, Civil War's got to get read. Yeah, Black Panther's got to get read. But in the same breath, you can't, like, not do Spider-Man. How are we going to get rid of Spider-Man? You know what I mean? And All-Star Batman number two, we love that one. Yeah. Like, I, it'd be like... Because some people, honestly, are not a part of Black Congregation, and they're not reading the books. They are just listening mm -hmm. to us mm -hmm. talk about them. Mm -hmm. So, that's like... Dante. <laughs> Dang it. Just saying. Dante revealed to me that sometimes he listens to, uh, uh, Dante is our, our cinematographer once. And, uh, thank you, Dante for your five stars and uh, positive. Literally. Thank you for the five stars and positive comments. Yeah, truly. Uh, we read it on air while you were here and thank you for that experience as well. But, uh, Dante revealed to me 
that sometimes he just listens to the, the, the comic book junto at the end, the books of the week. And, uh, hasn't read the books and that's okay. Look, look, I'm, I'm saying for me, that's okay. And on behalf of Octavius, there's grace for you, (laughs) but what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> but that's about doing? right. Yeah, that's that's that. You know, you got me though. I did. Thank that's you. What I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, so, 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 you, so, what do you have a plan for? Pick up all four of them. We're going to talk about all four of them eventually. We don't know exactly how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. We had an idea of knocking out two within the episode, and then maybe having like a small mini, you know, maybe another point one where we know. talk about the other books. Yeah. So, so. We, we will figure it out, but we know, we know, we know, we know in our heart of hearts that we are going to do books of the week for each of them. Yeah. So pick them all. And if you haven't read all-star Batman, number one, buy it, read it. So cool. And then, you know, so next week, all-star Batman, number one, black Panther, uh, number, let me pull my situation back out here. Yeah. Black Panther, number six, civil war two, number five and Spider-Man, um, number eight. Is it? Yeah. Spider-Man number eight. Next week is a big, week. So there and it is. And I can only say one thing, Octavius. I sure hope we only have to do one episode of that <laughs> instead of two. I think it turned out good, man. <sighs> turned out good. That was our most rehearsed episode. No, I don't think it didn't feel rehearsed to me. I mean, felt, I'm just saying like I came in ready. I'm like, I've tried out some of these ideas and I'm prepared to modify them. Yeah. Make them more precise. Let us know what you guys think about the episode. I feel like it. I mean, felt good to me. Yeah. Well, all right, tell me where they can find you on the internet, Adam. You can find my ideas, my redundant ideas on the internet, on Twitter and on Instagram. I use the same uh, name for both of them. I'm trying to keep it concise. It's Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. I want you all to join me every Monday for hashtag Man Thing Monday. I'll be posting some Man Thing content every Monday, guaranteed. I'll probably post Man Thing content like beyond that into the week. But Man Thing Monday, you better believe. You can check my Instagram and my tweets for some 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 good giant size content. Okay, giant size content. That that segment specifically that was for you, Cullen Bun. Thank you for listening. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all using the same handle at Octavius A Newman. O C T A V I U S A E. O C T A V I U S. Can you use it in a sentence? O C T A V I U S A N E W M A N. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the five stars and a positive comment. Please do leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. It helps us to rise to the top of the um, awareness so that people look at that as a recommendation and they can check out the podcast. We can share the Junto. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave comments in the SoundCloud so that we can hear what you guys think about the different points. Um, we're also on Google Play and wherever fine podcasts are available. Share this with somebody. Invite them to join the Junto. Um, you got anything else, Adam? I think that's everything. I, I feel like round two went better than round one. I feel really happy with the, with this performance right now. I'm just going to say it right now. Perfect. There it is. All right. We love you guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>